This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And our guest is... I'm Hay with uh, All That Film. Uh, a little bit different, because I, I talk movies, not video games. Uh, but yeah, we, we pretty much cover uh, a lot of different types of video games. or <laughs> A lot of different types of, <laughs> of movies. Um, whether it be like the popular ones that come out, Avengers, Sonic, mm-hmm. uh, Endgame, uh, what have you. Or like some of the recent releases of like VOD um, I know like the ones right there like Shirley and like High Note not a lot of people are seeing those even though they're like because they're like indie films um, mm-hmm. but like we like to cover basically everything we can um, so there's probably going to be something for, for anybody there uh, similar to y'all guys how, how you're covering so many video games But and if you're ever curious yeah. about whether you should go see Artemis Fowl I did watch that video I will not be watching that movie <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a that's a big miss, man. <laughs> I did. I think I yeah, read. I didn't book. like the books either. I think I read the book um, <laughs> that this film is based upon, and when I heard they were making the movie in the first place, I was like, "Oh, that's a mistake." <laughs> like, I don't. Well, I don't think that book lends itself well to a to a movie or anything really. I, it's okay. Yeah, not not to sizzle like too much, but people are comparing that, or people are putting it up with the Avatar remake as like levels of bad um, oh wow okay. so <laughs> well you took a mediocre book and you made a worse movie so i don't know yep. <laughs> okay um maybe it's up there with eric they had really fun covers though i remember them being very colorful oh yeah the co- they were like, sure. that was what attracted me was the cover like when yeah, people say exactly the cover doesn't well, matter like, oh it totally interesting does. premise but i remember like the first chapter is like he captures an elf or a fairy or something and tortures it and i'm like no i'm out <laughs> Anyways, go to youtube.com slash A L L T H A T F I L M, all that film. Go check his channel out, subscribe, give him some viewers, some watch time, and uh, stick around because he covers a lot of films. Um, mm-hmm. Our first quick topic today in the absence of real life sports and fantasy sports, because fantasy sports require mm-hmm. real life sports, there are now fantasy yeah. leagues being pushed in Vegas for bets on fantasy <laughs> stats and gaming. I just want to let you guys have that sink in. People are betting on Ninja and Fortnite. Like, what kind of world are we living in? People bet on everything. I'm sure it was already happening. (laughs) Probably, but not to the degree it is now. Like, the the hardcore gamblers are now like, we need something. (laughs) Yeah, they need... I know know horse racing is still, like, one of the few things going on. Um, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, this one's a little bit weird to me just because I think in a... There has to be in five years, like, within five years... There's going to be some controversy of some semi-famous gamer that's like, oh, place a huge bet, and I'm going to throw, like, a Rocket League (laughs) game or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably. Or how easily can you hack these games? Because, I mean, you could throw the whole game. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, The second quick topic is something that Will and I will both be interested in. Darth Malak and Darth Revan are getting Funko Pops. Like... Mm -hmm. Funko Pops. That usually means something's on the horizon, right? Do you think this is so, giving more credibility to a KOTOR remake or no? I want to be excited about this, but they also released a Funko Pop for Master Chief with a sword like three years ago, and I got so pumped for it because I thought that was going to coincide with a gameplay reveal and actually like reveal <laughs> of Halo Infinite. Nothing. Well, there are Mega Blocks <laughs> coming out for Halo Infinite. The leaks, yes, the leaks are happening. Hidden well, experience. That's, that's the only way we get information. I think it's just a marketing campaign for Mega Blocks. There is no game. <laughs> Halo Infinite's coming. Well, come on, man. Come no, on. It's, just, it's just Mega Blocks. <laughs> uh, do you have anything on that? Hey, uh, 
Yeah, I'm not as, like, interested in, in Funko. I feel like this is a little bit of, like, a, a turn in, oh, yeah, that might happen. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Funko also, like, makes a pop for, like, everything. Like, I remember yes. when people said, like, uh, I think it was, like, Evil BB-8. They're like, oh, this is going to be a huge character in, in Last Jedi, and he just appeared for, like, a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be a little into KOTOR. We have, like, four videos on it. <laughs> <laughs> five, five, let's see. Five total on KOTOR. So we might be a little into KOTOR. <laughs> um, we're excited about anything that might hint at it, but also cautious because EA has screwed up plenty of franchises. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you interested in that at all? Would that be at some point oh, yeah. you play? The thing is, I've never played Knights of the Old Republic, so a lot of these games, like, if I could get... Get off this um, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all, I, I don't know if I, I want to mention this now, but there's a lot of games y'all mentioned, like Fable. Um, if they had... I'm probably going to get that on, on PC if it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Just I haven't had, like, the options because... Uh, my computer is is like a toaster uh, that I bought <laughs> eight years ago. It, Fable will run on an old PC because Fable was made <laughs> on what XP? Yeah, um, maybe Windows two thousand three. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a legacy game at this point, for sure. Um, and then so on to our main topic: uh, Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, two well known people in the gaming industry founded a clothing company called Cloak in 2018 with a guy named Ben Curtis, which means nothing to me, but it might mean something to somebody who knows stuff about clothes. <laughs> I'm not really that guy. Um, since founding, the brand has released a lot of clothing uh, with tons of different styles, limited edition branding. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff come out of these guys' uh, mm-hmm. ideas. And um, really the biggest criticism I've seen from even PewDiePie talked about it. So, you know, when their friends talking about it, it's, it's getting bigger. Um, mm-hmm. The pricing. A lot of people are like, well, this pricing is a little high. But the clothing quality um, is really what, and I trust most of what PewDiePie says when he talks about those kinds of things. You know, not everything he says, mm-hmm. that wide array of things. But when he's talking about business, I usually trust his ideas on that. And he said, essentially, the clothing they're sourcing it from is a little higher quality. So you're going to have to have a little higher pricing in association with that. And because they were marketing it as a gamer's thing, it's like, well, gamers aren't really the people buying things at the highest budget necessarily. So that was maybe a miss on their part by picking this higher quality clothing that would be a little little more prohibitive on pricing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the business itself has definitely sustained itself because it still exists. And they've partnered with Minecraft of all places, of all things, Microsoft and Minecraft. And mm-hmm. since it's since it was originally founded, it's grown by 750% with a 3,900 percent increase from May 19, uh, May May 19, May 2019 to May 2020. All right. So what we want to discuss today is the fact that gaming made Markiplier and Jacksepticeye famous, yeah. Especially with their continued collaborations with people like PewDiePie and other various gaming channels. So, really, I want to kind of talk about this. YouTube has made these guys famous, but money-wise, they've made money from outside ventures like Cloak. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think about that with creators having this ability to expand their business far beyond creative content on YouTube? I mean, this is like every celebrity or sports star. I mean, they've all done the same yeah. thing. They get famous through their meet, like the medium originally. So like you become an actor or you become a football player. And then as soon as you get notoriety, you launch your own brand. And everyone wants to buy it because it has your name attached to it. Um, and I think it's the same situation here. People have grown to recognize these guys 
uh, and they're influencers at the end of the day, True. and they've influenced people to buy stuff that their name's on. <laughs> so um, it's brilliant. <laughs> it, you're right about that. Yeah, I, I think it also definitely helps that even if you don't really know um, these two individuals, their shirts still look pretty nice. Mm -hmm. uh, you were saying the material's good. Um, I do wonder if a little bit of the thinking that's going into it is like a lot of kids are playing Minecraft. I mean, at this point, like everybody's played Minecraft like all ages, but like the majority of Minecraft players are from a younger audience. So they're going to be like, Mom, buy this hoodie for me. And it's not really going to matter as much the price, if that makes sense. If the parents have a decent income, yeah, yeah, you're totally right about that. Um, and kids aren't going to know at the end of the day what something costs. Yep. You know, I, I really didn't <laughs> yeah. know what things cost when I was growing up. And eventually, if this brand is successful enough, uh, people will just know the brand and not them anymore. That's, That's true. That's what I was wondering, too, yeah. At the end um, of the day, that would be better, to have brand recognition, mm -hmm. not because of who you are, but because of the brand. Like Nike. Nike doesn't have to have celebrities to have Nike be Nike. Nike's still Nike at the end of the day. Mm -hmm, right? Sure. Adidas is always Adidas. You know, you don't necessarily need... They can brand it with any star they want, right? Like, you could have anywhere from us to, you know, the, the yeah, most... David, David, David Beckham. David Beckham. You could, I may I mean, not like a certain spokesperson. If I even said the right name. Is David Beckham the right name? Uh, I think I think he is with Adidas, but definitely don't quote don't me know. on. I don't know. I could be I, off. I was gonna throw out. Um, do y'all know anything about like Ninja starting a clothing brand? I actually didn't. Um, I'm I'm okay. happy to have you fill me in. No, no, no. I was wondering because if I'm Ninja and I see this, I am working with my team to make like a clothing Fortnite <laughs> brand immediately. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's got branding <laughs> deals with probably even Fortnite. I would bet he's got a branding deal with. Um, yeah, so ninja clothing. I'm sure he does. I mean, we even have. That's gonna clothing. not come up what you want. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Chris knows what he's uh, going for for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> ninja. I'm gonna say Ninja Fortnite. We'll just do that. Official team Ninja. There you go. Yeah, there's official Hot Topic. He's got Hot Topic. Okay, so he's Ooh, got very okay. nice. Very he's got nice. His own thing. Um, yeah, right four shirts. The, oh, my chemical romance shirts. Look at that. <laughs> They're um, uh, apparently on super sale for $6 at a piece right now. Nice, yeah. Oh, okay, 16 16 there you go. <laughs> um, his long sleeve shirt's at $16. But these are $30 shirts being sold for 6 Oh, no, I'm sorry. $21 shirts being sold for $6. Oh, nice. I'm going to so, do uh, some Team Ninja apparel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you heard that, Crowcast users. If, you, if you're looking to get a... <laughs> The cheap shirt. There you go, Ninja. Team Ninja's the cheap <laughs> stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, from what I've seen of Ninja, he's entertaining. I, he's just not somebody I watch all the time. Oh, for sure. I just mean, like, he's basically associated with Fortnite. Now, if you want to get some good merch, <laughs> there you go. Teespring.com slash Krillcast. And we've had mm -hmm. people buy it already, so I know it's selling. I just don't know how many people are buying it, because, yeah. you know... Yeah, for now it's only Bill the Krill, but soon they'll be Jill the Krill. So yeah, the Krillcast nice. plus um, the Krillcast mm -hmm. plus has Jill the Krill as its mascot. If you ever yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the ones with uh, y'all's faces on them. That's that's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Those will be a while from now. We don't need that kind of yeah. branding. All right, this face is not made for now. shirts. <laughs> <laughs> we did actually have another YouTuber dot slash frag. Shout out to them. 
wear our merch on their show. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yep, and they lost all their subscribers. Hey, <laughs> so there, there's Jill the Krill. Jill the Krill is the purple Krill. Nice, nice. Krillcast plus shirts. Those will happen eventually. Um, and by the way, we're going to be covering more breaking news in the future here because apparently that actually works. We covered Persona 4 Golden, the rumors, and boom, 300 views in one day. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, so second thing I want to talk about is um, Mark, Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, these big YouTubers, 20 million plus subscribers, um, are they bigger than the platform they're on at that point? I mean, 20 million people have decided, I want to watch that. Like, that's like a news channel type of viewership. It's more than a news channel. Well, and it's, they don't get that daily, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you got that yeah, daily, no, that'd be insane. <laughs> I, I definitely get what, what you're saying, because at a certain point, it's like, oh, well, like, you're not just some random YouTube guy. Like, you you are Mark. Like, so many people, I don't personally know, like, Mark Blyer or any of his videos, but if I bring that up to someone else, like, I don't know, I feel like seven out of ten people know who this guy is, uh, which mm-hmm. is crazy to me. Yeah, like Markiplier is a well-known name, very well-known. Yep. Yeah. And so is Jacksepticeye. Although I think Jacksepticeye is a little less brand recognition than than uh, Markiplier, but he's still up there. Mark is Mark is regarded as like one of the like founding fathers of YouTube. So I definitely think he gets <laughs> a lot of goodwill from that. I mean. <laughs> Goodwill only takes you so far. You, you can see yeah. just from the amount of controversies that other big YouTubers have had that have been around as long as Markiplier, but he just seems very authentic and genuine as a YouTuber. And eventually we'll probably have to cover him now that I've talked about him this much. But um, <laughs> I guess more of my question is, um, can YouTube shut down a star that's gotten this to this point? I mean, it's a bad I example, tried. but um, if you look at like Alex Jones, his following followed him to his own website. Because it was that big. I'm not saying we should ever support somebody like him. I'm not saying he's even like the best content creator. But his following was so big, he escaped the platform even after getting banned and retained his viewership. Are these guys the type that would be able to retain it going somewhere else? Are they, you know, like that's more my question. Are they bigger than the platform they're on? Can they survive without YouTube? I think they can. I think, I don't know what uh, platform they would go to. um, But. I think if there was a viable platform and they jumped, I think people would follow them for sure. Yeah, that's, that's going to be like an interesting development like in the next couple, like five years. If there's one that's nice to creators um, more so than YouTube, uh, obviously they're going to go for like one of these big names like when Ninja switched from from Twitch. Um, that could happen to YouTube. I don't, I don't think either of these guys would switch just because... Like you were mentioning, Mark's a pretty nice dude. He, he's like not re. I don't think he's ever been like too. I know he said things like, "Hey YouTube, sort of fix this," and like that's really cool because he's vocal with the platform, mm-hmm. making good mm-hmm. changes. Um, but I I do wonder if if maybe there's um, a little bit of like anger there that that would eventually cause <laughs> like, oh, if if some random up and coming service was like, hey. If we get Mark and we pay him X amount of dollars, um, we'll get all of his following to come on our platform. So, yeah, that's a good point to I guess to make. more of, like, if YouTube ever decided, like, I know they're going more corporate. You know, it's, it's inevitable that they're going more corporate um, mm-hmm. with what they promote on the platform. Yep. If these guys were ever taken off of YouTube for any reason whatsoever, would they survive going somewhere else is more the question I'm asking. Like, would yeah, their following... Sure. And I yeah. think that's the difference between 
like a Markiplier and like us. Like we're not big enough where we could carry our. Like maybe we might, you know, but. I'd have five people if I went to a website. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's why I think it's important as small creators to consider also diversifying where you post your content. Like, we have an audio only version of our podcast that I never promote, but we have it, and we have a dedicated following of ten people that listen to I'm our like podcast. I'm one of the ten. <laughs> you actually, you actually do the Anchor.fm version. Uh, I I do uh, Apple mute or Apple podcast. Oh, I, I'm yeah. sorry. Anchor is what distributes it to all the other. Platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know I'm one of those 10 people because that's how I listen to it. <laughs> to make sure I don't have to cut anything out of the YouTube videos, I listen to the Anchor upload and be like, oh, I found a spot I need to cut. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So I guess that's important, I think, as a, as a small creator to make sure that you are diversified or that yep. you can survive your content being pulled from YouTube because inevitably most people will make some slip up at some point where a video will be removed or have copyright yep. or DMCA. Something will hit you at some point. Like Disney hit us on our parody of the little mermaid. And it took me 30 <laughs> days to get that removed, but we won. We won. It's a parody. It's protected by fair use. But if mm-hmm. we had put up multiple parodies, who knows? I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah just, just a little bit like, because I'm still like the, we're at like 1.2 um, subs, so we're by no means out of the small YouTuber um, <laughs> label yet. Um, I spent like a lot of, a decent amount of time like working on an Avatar video um, just to have like Viacom at the end of it just be like, hey, this one three second clip, uh, you can't have that and your video's banned in every country. And I was like, <laughs> what do I do? And like I made changes to it, I re edited it multiple times. And then they tricked me because they were like, nope, your video is good. It's all clear. And then as soon as I uploaded it, within two days, they were like, ha-ha, we got you again. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is up, though, right? It, it's I, I disputed it, and they've released it now because okay. they realized you can't <laughs> block a video for being for a three-second clip. <laughs> yeah, usually that's, that's too short for them to block. Uh, yeah. So I guess the it's, last thing I want to talk about. Um, sorry, did you have one more thought? I, I, I was just going to say, I feel like it's it's been shortening more and more because I've i been on YouTube for a while and I used to straight up post trailers on YouTube and never be blocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, trailers are different because trailers are essentially, like, they don't usually try to make money on trailers because you wouldn't want a clip playing in front of a trailer. Like, can you imagine you're doing the Avatar movie and like before the Avatar movie, like an Aragon commercial comes on? Like that would just be bad business. That would be bad business. <laughs> like, anyways, like a lot of these um, trailer posting uh, YouTube channels are not black because it's just free advertising. It's another channel posting the same trailer that every other channel has. It's when you modify a trailer or do something to it that they're like, no, 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 take that down. <laughs> like we can't have this. You can't. You can't have Yoda talking during a uh, a Harry Potter video. It's just we can't have this. Okay, um, no. But yeah, I've seen tons of that. Like Adam Adam Korlick used to put those up all the time because he's actually a, a um, film major was his original major. Um, so he's an interesting guy in general because he went from being a film major to doing video game content all the time. It's like, hmm, how did that happen? <laughs> um, so I guess the last question I have is: um, Do these avenues where you can build a clothing brand from your marketability? Is this something that anybody can do at this point in time, or are, is, is this market so saturated with people like Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, PewDiePie, um, you know, and any installation zero zero has its own clothing line. Go check that out. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but is this market too saturated? 
or can you still as a genuine content creator still make it that way what do you guys think yeah you definitely can still make it that way i mean i think about every freaking sports star has one there's always a new sports star and they're always making new clothing lines it's the same thing with every actress as a, a nail polish or perfume and so if it was going to saturate in that or if it didn't saturate in that market it has not saturated for youtube yet yeah just just to expand even more like jerry jeremy renner has this whole like clothing and in like hunting line that he's done and that's when i was like okay well this is probably like oversaturated um but that still sold well like for him and i feel like most of these youtubers in particular like they're gonna have a a decent fan base and following um that there's gonna be those people that are like oh cool I, i get a neat little shirt and most of them at least from what i've seen uh, from fairly big YouTubers, even even small YouTubers, none of their shirts look bad or like are mm. like weird looking. Most of them are like shirts. I'm like, yeah, I could see myself wearing that. So I think that's a big part. Like they spend mm. a good time working on the design too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think if you have an audience, then you have a potential market for your merch. Like I hate to say it, but the bigger your audience, the more merch you'll sell. You'll sell. It's just, a, I mean, Jake Paul sells yep. merch. I bet he makes tons of money doing that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he's got a, uh, he's got a shirt called, um, or a shirt, uh, uh, what was it? Like swag miss or something or blitz miss or something where he's literally just a Christmas video of him promoting his, his clothing line. I'm like, this shouldn't even be allowed. Like he's got advertising in it. It's like, yeah. So he's making money like four times over, but I'm like, all right, dude knows business. He's doing it, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are going to watch his content, then obviously there's a market for it. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think the cloak clothing line looks pretty good. I don't know if I did I actually show it on here. Um, the Minecraft shirt, it, the the logo for their Minecraft shirt is actually in the thumbnail here. Hopefully that doesn't hurt us somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually pretty good looking stuff. And the fact that they got Minecraft is huge. Uh, I know they play Minecraft consistently on their channels. At least they used to. Uh, and I think it's good looking clothing personally. Here it is. And the fact that they made this happen means they're business savvy people. So they're just successful at everything they do, I guess. Like, I guess that's the best thing I can say. (laughs) Uh, you guys have anything you want to add in conclusion to this video? I was just going to add one little thing. I feel like the the branding clothing wise has been an avenue that's already like been sort of set up for this to happen. Whereas I'm wondering if like a YouTuber will like make their own like line of uh, whiskey or something like that. If we'll see like something strange that like ends up being super successful um, mm-hmm. or if like someone makes their own, I, I don't even know, like uh, camping equipment or whatever. The Soldier um, Game Console. <laughs> Soldier Boy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the best game console there is. The no, dumpster no, fire that is the up. Soldier Boy game console. <laughs> Still the most popular video on Spawnway's channel. <laughs> Two and a half million views. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that yeah, we're not gonna get into that. That was a dumpster fire. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I you're right. I'm curious. What's the weirdest thing somebody's gonna brand with other than you know, Belle Delphine bathwater? Um, oh, don't bring that up either. <laughs> demonetized. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else, Will? No. Final thoughts. I think we covered it. Okay. Well, as always, I'm Chris, and I'm Will, uh, and I'm Hay with all that film, and uh, we will see you on the next Grillcast. Bye, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh,
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hay with all that film. What do you do, Hay? Uh, we talk a bunch of movies, even some TV shows. Uh, we have some video essays. Uh, basically anything that you want to hear about with film, uh, we pretty much cover. And one of the things uh, that I, I guess I wanted to mention here real quick, we're probably going to be trying to do like a dream casting for a... Uh, uh, video game movies, uh, just because mm-hmm. I've dealt with a couple uh, video game people, and you know, I just have some ideas for like a Fire Emblem movie or like a Half Life movie, um, and hopefully they're not bad because there's there's a lot of bad video game movies. So there is <laughs> basically all of them. There, if you want to talk about Fire Emblem, there is a Fire Emblem TV series from the '90s. Ooh, <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not. <laughs> it's it's um it's well. It's bad in like an entertaining way. Like mm. there's tons of memes about it. It it would be <laughs> worthwhile covering. Um I could share it with some Fire Emblem YouTubers if you do cover it and they would probably share your video. But it's definitely worth it. It it's it's something you should watch <laughs> at least once. I've watched For it. For sure. I'll I'll add that to my list. <laughs> uh, but as far as video game adaptations, you're choosing Dreamcasting as your your, uh... Yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't go with that term specifically. <laughs> like, um... That might give the wrong impression. Like, Dreamcast movie, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best console there ever was. Um... <laughs> um, and then I will say this. If you want to go watch some stuff, uh, go watch his video on King of Staten Island. I thought they did an excellent job covering that. Yeah, Hannah, Hannah always tricks me when I have her on. She makes me like movies more than I thought I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was interesting. I liked listening to it. It was good. Mm-hmm. Go go watch that one, and I know we already recommended it, but if you're thinking about watching Artemis Fowl, go watch his video first. Yeah, it'll save you, for it. it'll save you a good... <laughs> it'll, watch his five-minute video that'll save you from an hour and a half plus of... Okay. Uh, yeah, that was a video. <laughs> <laughs> Quoting you from your thing. It happened. <laughs> um, so today we're not talking about Minecraft Dungeons. We talked about that yesterday. Go watch the video yesterday. Shout out to ourselves for covering it. Um, <laughs> we're going awesome. We are. Um, we're going to be talking about another normal Boots creator. I think we've talked about at least one before, but I could be wrong. Uh, we talked about John Jontron, somebody who was part of Normal Boots, mm-hmm. but is no longer associated with Normal Boots. Today we're going to be talking about Peanut Butter Gamer. Ooh. That was an interesting face. I wonder yeah. what he's going to be talking about. <laughs> so this guy has like the same Justin Bieber hair every episode. No, I'm just kidding. Not he Justin does. Bieber. It's not Justin really Bieber. Does. He probably had that hair before Justin Bieber, to be fair. But that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> like OG Justin Bieber. But, okay. We're going to get into like actual stats here. So Peanut Butter Gamer has about 2.04 million subscribers. The channel was created in... January 17, 2009. I'm reading from the outline. Yes, yeah, so my eyes keep going back and forth. I promise. I wrote this, though, so like it's my outline. Um, <laughs> he has over 425 million views on his channel. And if you want to go find him, you go to youtube.com slash peanutbuttergamer. I don't know how the heck he originally came up with that name, but it's iconic now. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> his description says... It's because funny. he would rub peanut butter over his controller and play that way. Yeah. <laughs> There's an Austin Evans episode where they do something similar. Um, funny <laughs> video game slash gaming videos, top tens, hacking, and more from the one and only peanut butter gamer. Peanut butter guy. I'm sorry, peanut butter guy. 
Um, if you'd like to send me something, I may open it on a live stream. I don't think he does that anymore. Maybe. Maybe he does. Um, I think he does that on his other channel. Okay. Um, okay. He has a live gameplay. stream channel. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and, you know, if I ever had a chance to talk to these guys, I'd be like, hey, how'd you guys come up with normal boots? Like, where did <laughs> that come from? Um, so what Peanut Butter Gamer is known for? Video game hilarity, let's plays, commentary, etc. Being part of normal boots, which is that intro little thing in a lot of their videos is like a pair of boots in 8-bit, 16-bit, whatever you want to call it, format. And he does a lot of top 10 and those types of videos. So um, we're going to go and look at his oldest video see what it is. You jinxed me. You said that the videos come up really quickly and they're not doing it today. His first video on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That is great. That is so great. All right, listen. So, top 10 weirdest and creepiest video game characters, of which Peanut Butter Gamer is number 11. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this video is interesting because uh, it's like early YouTube, right? 09. Not early, yep. early, but early yeah. enough that screen caps um, were still pretty normal, and yet he's got actual footage. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if he recorded it using a screen recorder emulator or some kind of capture box but i know that they had capture boxes back when because i know hidden xperia used one in like 2010 2011 time frame so i know that they existed back then i think i have one from that time period because i used one from around that time period to record like vcr slash vhs stuff from my childhood to my computer so i know they exist um and i know that they mm -hmm. existed in this time period i just don't know what he used to do it so it's interesting what did you guys think? Yeah, did you watch this video? I, I watched a little bit of it. The thing that I was going to throw out is he was just one of those people, like, early early YouTube thing where he was just doing top ten lists of things you wouldn't necessarily, like, think of, like, creepy characters. You know, that's not, like, necessarily, like, top ten games is <laughs> the first one that comes to mind. But right. you see something like that, and I'm interested to see it when I'm when I was mm -hmm. much younger. And that's that's how I found, like, a lot of these video game guys. It would just be, like top 10 smash bros characters you wouldn't want dating your mom and i'm like all right i, I guess i'll watch that <laughs> Listen, yeah i agree with this, this one quote. this bug girl from twilight princess she like gets super excited about yep. the bugs it's very weird <laughs> little stag beetle little stag beetle your spiky pinchers are so sharp they must feel so good okay <laughs> that's how she reacts to every single thing you bring her that oh my god weird. um i don't remember that character at all from that game to be honest with you <laughs> I don't think I ever ever did anything with her. Um, okay, she's in the castle uh, grounds or whatever it's called. I think I avoided that one. Um, I will say, if he doesn't have on here uh, the bad guy from Skyward Sword, who is possibly the creepiest Zelda villain ever. Um, I mean, the dude, <laughs> you know, the tongue? He, he oh. literally reeks reeks of pedophilia. Honestly, like he's just coming up behind Link. Like what? Yeah. Like, what? What person at Nintendo? You know, gave the green for this. Like, why would this ever make it past? All right, I'm back. You're back. He's back. Mm -hmm. Sam Rajak. Sam Rajak. What the heck were we talking about? Peanut Butter Gamer, his top 10 creepiest videos. Um, not <laughs> top 10 creepiest <laughs> games. Characters, not creepiest videos. If we had to make a top... That's a, the type of obscure video that you would have to make nowadays to be as obscure as he was in 2009. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just for the record yeah. i will snip out everything from the time that she comes on screen till now but i'll make it i'll snip it at the right spot where it makes sense 
Yeah, I gotcha. I, I was just going to mention, as I, I mentioned on the Monday episode, I've been on YouTube for a while, and, like, I had a video, I forget. It was just something so simple as, like, top ten Pixar films, and then that's it. And you make mm-hmm. a top ten video, and it's just, like, me talking over a PowerPoint screen, and the <laughs> score is way too loud, and that has, <laughs> like, 17K views, because YouTube was just a different... top. Like, that's how you could get by. If you did a PowerPoint presentation for yep. your videos, like, ten or so years ago, um, you could thrive. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, I was making full-blown music on YouTube about a decade ago and my channel had it had over 10,000 subs at one point in time um i have since cleared all of the tubes of my old music but it did exist <laughs> at one point in time on there um Ooh, interesting <laughs> you can't you can't find it good luck we're gonna go um, on the dark web for this one <laughs> maybe, this. i mean maybe if people were that obsessed i don't think anybody was that obsessed um yeah anyway so peter gamer's been on youtube a long time mm-hmm. um so now we're going to go and look at his most popular video. And I don't remember what it was. I, I do remember what it was. Hacking. I think it's Mario hacking or, or Zelda, one of the two. I was going to say, I literally have it right here on my screen. I could just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario 64 hacking. Okay, that's his most yep. popular video. His his hacking videos tend to do pretty well. Exactly. Just because they're kind of absurd. There we go. <laughs> So what I will say about this is um, hacking videos will pretty much guarantee you will never be a Nintendo ambassador. <laughs> yep. I can say that. Sure. So he probably will never be a Nintendo ambassador for making this video. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, video game glitches yep. will always be funny. I mean, game ranks. Sure. Game ranks. A channel's been around forever. When they do the glitches of blah, blah, blah game, like Red Dead Redemption yes. 2, people always watch those. Game ranks is like a you know four, five, ten. I don't know how many millions of subscribers they have, but they have a lot. Mm-hmm. Those videos tend to do really well. A lot of their news videos will do like you know between fifty and hundred k, where they have like millions of subscribers. So it's like hmm, like you know obviously <laughs> this channel doesn't do as well with every video as they do with some of their other videos. I think yeah, in this people case, people are here for the hacking. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, this is like an iconic video game with some hilarious hacks done to it Mm -hmm. and it's been on youtube for longer than six years so it's inevitable a video like at least one video like this will blow up and be the video of this type of genre and it just so happens to be that peanut butter gamer has gotten that you know what i mean yeah for sure (laughs) so i want to preface this by we like to build them up and then break them down um so we're going to start with (laughs) What is the? What are the things you like about Peanut Butter Gamer? I'm gonna uh, let Hago first. He's the guest. He picked this guy. Yep, do it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I started with Peanut Butter Gamer like really early. I haven't really like gotten into like many people that like cover uh, video games besides him. For whatever reason, him and Wood work well for me because they go out of their way to like talk. Like you, you were scrolling past that one there. Like the Arthur games. No one else is really talking about like <laughs> random Arthur games or like his mm-hmm. Goodwill series. So, you know, I like that type of stuff, even though like it clearly isn't the stuff that's not necessarily going to bring him the most views mm-hmm. as compared to like an Animal Crossing review. So it goes a long way when they're just like, hey, this is a video that I wanted to do. And, and it shows someone's personality a whole lot better. You know, mm-hmm. expanding on that, um, when you have a massive following like he does... 
you can take chances like one one or two videos you know yep. of every 10 or so videos you do and then if yep. you build a following on that particular oddity you can release another one right mm-hmm. so you're taking a gamble like will this video <laughs> resonate with my audience are they here for me or are they here for the content i'm producing right i think in his case people are there for him and the content yep. that they, he produces just happens to be there and no matter what he would produce because of his entertainment value, people are willing to watch it. Does that make sense? For sure. No, for sure. Like, his top 10 videos wouldn't be as good. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we just talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. His top 10 videos wouldn't be as good if he wasn't in them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he is the selling point. And that's really where you want to get as your channel. Because if you're being, like, if you're touted as, like, the leak channel, like, you're like the le- the channel about leaks, right? People are there for the leaks. If you run out of things that you can leak, like bye bye business. But if people are there because <laughs> you provide entertainment value, like he does, he pro- <laughs> see. I'm laughing. I'm not even watching this video. Um, mm-hmm. If you can provide some kind of entertainment value that people are willing to come back and watch consistently, um, like Wood, like Peanut Butter Gamer, like Jontron. These are the types of people that are building their brand on them as opposed to the content they cover. The content Mm -hmm. they cover is just icing on the cake. Like a Switch video brings in people that are not necessarily a beat-em-ups fan, but it brings more people to his brand. For sure. Peanut Butter Gamer covers top tens. Top ten, I don't know, women in horror games. Top ten. I'm going to watch that. No, top ten peanut butters. He should do that. (laughs) That video needs to happen. But... Mm -hmm. He brings new eyes to the channel through these like exploratory top tens, and then people stay for him. And I think that's one of the strong suits of his particular brand on YouTube. What about you, Will? Yeah, so I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, The things I'm I'm one of those people who came for one of those top ten videos and and stayed because he's entertaining. I like his he has really funny cuts and editing to his videos, and I also like his like ridiculous voice sometimes where he like gives like an inflection or he raises his voice or lowers it for his, for a comedic effect and always gets me. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I like when he makes fun of himself or of the game that he's going over. So there's one time when he actually goes back and like reviews his top 10 video of Zelda games. And he basically is like, what was I thinking? I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you were, that was a terrible top 10 video. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I find him really entertaining. And now I've watched like random things. I have absolutely no interest in playing, um, but I enjoy him talking about it. So I'm definitely stuck in that. Another thing is if you go to thumbnails, something that I I find really entertaining is how consistent they are. Yeah. Like a picture of him. Yeah. Go to the overview. So like this year he has changed his stance, but if you look at the older ones, they're all like him. Oh like yeah, with the fist yep. thing. Hey, that's that's what I was wondering too. I, I I hadn't realized he switched. Yeah, yeah. It's the newer ones. He switched it up. But if you go through like almost all of them since the very first video you showed, has that stance. Him and, <laughs> and him I love Pro it. Jared had a similar thing going where he would do the same <laughs> thing in every thumbnail, and Pro Jared would have a similar thing in every thumbnail. Yeah. Well, you know exactly who you're getting. So like, it, he's always had it. It's great. <laughs> That is great. You're right. Oh my gosh! I until you showed me this entire list of his videos, I did not notice that. That is hilarious. How did I not? It's notice? really funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I'm shocked he changed it. That must have been a, I know. a huge decision. <laughs> yep. But like these views like, are tanking. <laughs> Zelda month 2016 shirts and posters. Oh yeah, I like the fact he has a Zelda month too because I'm yep. an, obviously I'm a Zelda fan. So Zelda I enjoy month. Zelda month. Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild tribute song. Oh yeah, he does something with music too, doesn't he? Yep. I always forget. I always forget when artists, artists, creators expand to other genres. Like for example, the biggest YouTuber on YouTube, PewDiePie, put out two music videos that are his two biggest viewed videos of all time. It's mm-hmm. it's bizarre to me. Like this guy is doing memes, let's plays, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and yet a music video is his number one video of all time. It's weird <laughs> like <laughs> why would that have mass appeal but it does okay whatever <laughs> like it's because it's catchy and people can just keep playing it over and over and over again I, I do wonder like when creators i don't know i'm a hypocrite we expanded to music with our 250 subscriber special so whatever mm-hmm. um and then we're a podcast that has nothing to do with music so yep <laughs> it did work people liked it whatever mm-hmm. um so I, i'd be curious what made his decision to do some music like what what made him decide to do that um yeah. So next thing, what are some things we think he can improve on his channel? I'm not going to go first. So one of you guys. Go ahead, hey. Uh, you know, it's difficult because, like, I've been watching him, like, for so long. Um, the only thing that I think he sort of covered – I know he didn't have, like, a like a streaming channel. He's gotten one of those recently. Um, I – he has like a decently consistent upload schedule. Like he has thumbnails now. It's it's a big YouTuber, so those like small gripes aren't like initial things you can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if someone was going to this, um, that is like just a casual gamer, I don't know what they would think of someone who has like <laughs> ten Arthur videos on like some of his more recent ones. So I do mm-hmm. wonder if things for him, if he does better in things like uh, Legend of Zelda month. And if maybe I, I would like to see him maybe try to do like Mario May or something like that, just something different yeah. um, to try to spice it up, I think would help his channel and, and be beneficial to him. Yeah. Oh, you will. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that he should have other months. That was going to be one of my comments because um, I really like his Zelda month and having a Mario May or um, uh, obviously Fable would be awesome. <laughs> he doesn't play any of those games, but um, <laughs> Anyway, another thing is consistency in his upload schedule. I know I bring this up all the time, but I have no idea when this video has come out. I was actually looking at this before <laughs> we started this, and he has, like, a video that comes out, like, once a month. So I guess maybe that's his upload schedule. But I want more consistency. I like to have, like, you know, I, two I, videos a month at least. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, I guess I didn't mention that part. He always uploads the same time in the month. But you're right. For someone that big, just to be like that ah, one video, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if maybe that's because he has the PB and Jeff and his his now like let's play stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is a little bit weird that he's like nope, one video a month, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets a ton of views on it, but like I'll frequently even forget that he exists. And I'm like, oh yeah. crap! Like three months later, I'm like, oh man, I missed all these videos. Oh, I guess three videos. <laughs> you're like, I only can binge um, for an hour, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, there's actually there was a time where I thought he had stopped making videos because it was no longer being suggested to me, and then I realized, oh no, just maybe it's just the upload schedule is hurting him. Yeah, like maybe if he did some like less edited videos in between mm-hmm. his more edited videos, like I don't know, like a more casual 
top ten slideshow. No, I'm just kidding, but um, yeah. <laughs> more a more casual video, maybe in between his big videos. I don't know. Yeah, because gaming has. Yeah, Andrew Joe did something like that where he has like the full on reviews, and then he has the rapid fire reviews. I just don't know how you do his this peanut butter gamer content more often than he does it. Like I, 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 I don't know where he comes up with his ideas. I don't know. His content is extremely unique. He eats um, a lot of peanut butter, and that's how he does it. He's like, nope. He's like, I, I got an idea. <laughs> I got the GIF fix. No. Yeah. Um, I I think you're onto something though with his upload schedule hurting his algorithm chances, but mm-hmm. he's already got two million subscribers, so he's got a potential watch. You watch base viewer base of two million people. I'm not sure if it even hurts him really, other than if he wants to get new eyes on his content. Well, it, it just might be those people that are like the newer people that are coming in, and like, like you watch the one. New videos? No, yeah, yeah. You watch one, and you're like, oh, I like that guy. I'll wait. I'll wait for him to release some new stuff, and then it takes a month. And, you know, YouTube. Now, because how quickly its algorithm works, it's it's not going to be like, hey, remember this guy a month later? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, when we switched to a daily instead of a weekly, immediately we got more views. It yep. was mm-hmm. like overnight. And I don't know, feeding that YouTube algorithm is the best way to get more viewers. <laughs> so um, maybe we should talk about the fact that uh, maybe he needs to stir up some more controversy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, some I- of his biggest growths have come from what? Exactly. That's the thing that I was going to mention just because I, I was looking at like his actual stats. Um, and I do I do wonder if like he's seeing a sort of plateau now at like 2.2 uh, million. And the thing I was going to throw out, I had no clue this guy was as big as he was, A, because I didn't know about normal boots. And then B, on top of that, um, I don't know if you guys have thought of this, but every time you search peanut butter on YouTube, the first thing that comes up is peanut butter jelly time. Not peanut butter gamer. Um, You're right. So He's never, like way down the list. That's what I mean. I never thought he was like that. Po- I for, I I do a really bad job of like looking at the numbers of people yeah. that I follow. Uh, <laughs> so I I just didn't realize he had two million people that were subscribed to him. Um, so maybe maybe that does hurt the peanut butter jelly time viewers, or maybe it helps. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess my biggest thing is. His banner, it's cool and all, but it has yeah. nothing to do with his content. Yeah. It's a bunch I of I have blocks. no idea what that is. Is it Tetris? No. Like the fact what that it says the, gamer, uh... the only thing that helps is the fact that it says gamer in his title. <laughs> yeah, Which I mean? even then, even then, I'd, I'd still say like because he goes so obscure, you know, you might want to throw like a Zelda or an Arthur or some of his weird faces <laughs> so people have know. a banner with a bunch of like the things mm-hmm. he's covered. Exactly. Yeah. Or even just the hair swoosh. <laughs> like have it over the peanut butter gamer like oh look at me i'm i'm the i'm the peanut butter gamer but i mean mm-hmm. his channel trailer does a really good job of identifying who and what he is definitely um, yes and how strange and odd and entertaining he is um <laughs> i think really the thing that he needs to do like you said he's put out a little bit more content more often i know he's got mm-hmm. the second channel maybe he's thinking like okay this channel's like this channel is like the H3 to my H3 podcast. Like this is the channel I upload to very infrequently, <clears throat> but when I do, I get a lot of views. And then I've got the other channel that I get tons of tons of content on, but less views. You know what I mean? For sure. I honestly like, didn't realize he had a second channel. So 
I believe it's this one. He's got PB and Jeff, but he's also got PBG gameplay. Yep. <clears throat> so, he uploads well, way more off. I, this isn't it, is it? I think there's another one, too, that's just like Austin plays. I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know if that'll come up on the YouTube search bar. Um, yeah, see, that's a different guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be that one. Um, but, yeah, I think that stuff is, is for all the people that are sort of into his stuff. Yeah, see, uh, this has, like, 2,000 videos. Yeah. But this, I he think, looks like he stopped when he must have started live streaming. Uh, that's He posts his live stream on YouTube. I forget what the channel is for that, but mm-hmm. he's been posting, though, and they're, like two-hour videos, one-and-a-half-hour. I was very surprised that... I I think maybe, like, his editor isn't... Um, I think it's the Peebs one. Yeah, that's um, probably it. Yeah. But yeah. maybe, like, he doesn't have as... Like, an editor that's working as much or something because some of those will be, like, extensive videos. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but... Honestly, if you have... so. That was going to be my criticism, but I'm not going to have that anymore. So <clears throat> if you have a dedicated audience and you stream, <clears throat> one second, sorry, clear my throat. If you have a dedicated audience and you stream and you can be interactive with your content, those videos can have the biggest revenue of any video that you put out. Um, yep. A lot of people don't realize this, like the join button, uh, the super chats. If you can get a few super chats, you can make more money on one live stream than you make on putting out an entire video. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be what a lot of YouTubers are moving to right now. YouTube's trying to promote the streams. They got the super chats. They got the join buttons. And if you can get an audience that does that, you don't even have to worry about advertising anymore. You just have to put out content that they can watch and consume. It's way easier to have a direct-to-consumer option than to have to weed through the advertising. And maybe that's why he only puts out a video once a month as opposed to what we would think the algorithm would favor. So, and he's got 50 K mm-hmm. subs already, so it's not bad. Yeah. That, I was wondering because, because as we mentioned, like he got a spike, uh, because of controversy things both times. Um, if this is more along the lines of like his dedicated subscri- subscriber base. Um, and then the other people were just like, Oh, whatever. I'll sub this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, cause now his, his name's, uh, you know, thrown out with other people um obviously he's stayed away from any controversy and just been happy-go-lucky peanut butter (laughs) (laughs) i guess what would you predict for his multitude of channels going forward do you guys think this is the this is the youtube content that is going to bring him more subscribers or is he already tapped out is he plateaued without any necessary without anything necessarily elevating him to the next level I, I was going to throw out, I think, as I mentioned, I think he's sort of plateauing a little bit. I do wonder if, uh, you know, as, as you were mentioning, if new people are coming to this, like, streaming option uh, because mm-hmm. he has, like, oh, hey, here's an hour video of me just talking, and you can check it out if you want. Uh, and I do wonder, like, I think he's posting these on Twitch uh, live. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder, like, what his following is like there. Um, mm-hmm. And if he's seeing more consistency there, like, greater growth i could see why he's a little bit more interested in that because like i mentioned his youtube is like steadily been at uh two million it hasn't really increased too much uh since let's see how many 
follow, he's got almost a hundred thousand followers on Twitch. Yep, that is insane. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's really good. So maybe that's more of what it is. He's he's yeah, on Twitch. I think you're right. So he's probably not posting as much to YouTube because if you're a Twitch partner, <clears throat> you're not supposed to repost your live streams to YouTube. Ooh, I know for a fact you're not supposed to co-stream on YouTube and Twitch at the same time if you're a Twitch partner. So if anything, he could download and re-upload to YouTube, but you definitely are not going to see him streaming on both YouTube and Twitch at the same time if he's a Twitch partner. Definitely. Now, I'm not real well-versed on Twitch, and I don't watch him on Twitch. I watch Peanut Butter Gamer, the main channel. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like, let's see, he's got the checkmark. I'm guessing he's a partner. So anything he streams to Twitch probably is Twitch only. Well, I was going to throw out, I feel like he doesn't really, just from the ones I've seen, either maybe he does it at the end and I just miss it. I feel like he doesn't advertise that stuff well enough. I mean, there's a decent amount of people that are going over to it, but I, I just feel like if you're getting like already a decent amount, maybe that's why he's not advertising, hey, I'm on Twitch too. Um, yeah. I think his name is bigger than he is. Like, if you just search Peanut Butter Gamer, yeah. his stuff shows up. Like, you know, he doesn't have... At some point, you become big enough that you don't have to advertise your stuff and people will mm-hmm. find it, right? Like, at some point, people are going to discover that I still have an old channel on YouTube somewhere, and I don't recommend <laughs> you try and find it. And though you keep bringing it up, so eventually <clears throat> someone's going to be like, all nobody, right, fine, no, Chris, I'll do it. Nobody will ever find it. The only, person, the only person that can actually find it right now is Timmy because I sent it to him because he was curious. I will not be sending it to anybody else after that. <laughs> um, so, Timmy, don't expose me. Um, but he's going to comment on here. Exposed! Anyways, <laughs> Peanut Butter Gamer, big, big, big YouTuber. Been on the platform for a long time. Zelda's Adventure, the CD, his CDI videos are some of my favorite videos on YouTube. Anybody that covers the CDI well and the crappy mm-hmm. Zelda games that came out on it. Yeah. Love it. Love that content. I will literally watch any Zelda CDI content I can find on YouTube. So kudos to you. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts? Where is he going to be at in six months from now? Yeah. I think that he would shoot up if he changed his hairstyle a little bit. <laughs> that would be such a big video. Like PM Inter Gamer got a haircut. That's what I'm saying. He's had it forever. So if he changed it, that would be a big deal. It's like the thumbnail. Huge <laughs> change. <laughs> How about you, man? Oh. I think another thing that uh, unfortunately hurts him a little bit is he is a, a Nintendo guy mostly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nintendo's probably not going to have, like, any big news. Like, if there was a Switch 2 and a couple of games that were coming out, I think he could, like, wean a little bit from that. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't do, like, he's not going to be covering, like, The Last of Us or Halo Infinite or Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was reacting to his video, not what you were saying. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> the claw came out of nowhere. I was like, hold on, yeah. let, me, let me let me put this back up here. Just just watch this real quick. Okay, right. It's, it's coming up right here, I promise. I was just like, what? I couldn't tell if he edited that or if it was actually in the game because it was that bizarre. All right, give it a second. It'll come back. It's like right before this part. There, see? What is that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, you're good. Zelda CDI, go watch those videos. They're some of his most entertaining videos, in my opinion. And, and you can tell because they got 2.2 million views on the mm-hmm. video. So they're just fantastic pieces of art. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to play them, which I have actually played the Zelda CDI games, they're garbage. Okay? 
that's why they're so fun to cover. It's like covering the worst B-rated sci-fi movie on a, on a film channel. These are the mm-hmm. ones you cover when you're like, okay, I got to get some entertaining stuff out. This will do it. Because yep. you'll be so frustrated and <laughs> at the same time laughing at yourself for playing this game in the first place. All right. My prediction is this dude will probably hit 2.1 million subscribers in the next six months. Um, that's a mere, you know, 76, or 76, 96,000 more. No. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. 96,000 more subscribers. He'll probably get there. But I think he's getting close to tapping out the audience the algorithm will suggest to him at the rate he posts videos on this channel. If he's making yep. his money elsewhere, I understand why he wouldn't change that upload schedule. Um, and all the props to him. But, Will, you're right. If he did a, a got a haircut video, like, whoa! Oh. <laughs> I think he'd probably get some pretty significant views mm. from that. So, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hay with all that film. And we will see you on the next Curlcast. Subscribe! This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hey with all that film. And if we ever wind up live streaming any of these podcasts in the future, like you guys are going to see all the in-between scene stuff, and it's mm-hmm. going to be just open season for <laughs> right you guys there. to be like, you guys, whoa! <laughs> but why don't you tell everybody about your channel? Uh, so I, I host a film channel. We have a bunch of different uh, people and in, in opinions that come through. Um, we basically tackle pretty much anything. Um, whether it's like indie films, big blockbusters, all that stuff. So even if, you know, not that many people are seeing it that weekend, uh, we still cover it. Some of those end up being good. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's on here. Um, so there's probably some for you. If you like anime TV shows, pretty much every movie or just some hilarity, um, it's sprinkled throughout there. If anybody wants to reach me on there, I can, I can give you like a video to start with. I normally pour point people towards like our, our video essays or foreign film Fridays because uh, people tend to like those obviously people liked your comedian review of uh, this Burt guy which I've um, seen all over YouTube by the way so, this guy's pretty hilarious and out there so the thing that I guess I'll throw out because you, you mentioned that the comedian reviews are weird because um, I started with like Pete Davidson's comedy special because I was like oh well yeah. I guess this is kind of a movie or whatever that one didn't do that well, and I think, yeah, it was Mark Maron right after that I was like, oh, wait, people are watching this and no one is reviewing this. And then my my ultimate downfall, um, Chris D'Elia, I know the name now because I say it wrong in my review, um, <laughs> he had a special that everyone, like, universally hated, um, and that's, like, one of my most – it's not my most disliked video because I know what that one is. Um, but that one's up there because people are like, this special sucks. Like, you don't know what comedy is. And I'm like, I'm sorry I was going through finals. And I was like, hey, this was all right. <laughs> now I want to watch it. Um, yeah. Go watch the Tiger King tier list. Oh, yeah. That that yes. one I'm kind of upset with because we don't have visuals. Um, oh. 
but I, I fixed that now. So if we do a tier list or anything, it's it's for sure gonna have visuals. But yeah, Tiger King was super fun talking about. <laughs> Will's gonna go watch it now. Um, yes, <laughs> but we're not here to discuss all that film. We are here to promote him, but we're not here to discuss yes. him. So silence. No, I'm just kidding. Go subscribe <laughs> youtube.com slash a l l t h a t f i l m all that film to go watch all that film reviews, top tens, critiques, and more. Um, and a podcast. There's a podcast somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure, it's it's everywhere now because we're partnered with Anchor. Um, wow, so. partnered, huh? No, not sorry, not partnered. <laughs> we're just on Anchor. <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> My we're bad. Don't, don't want to throw the p word around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're here to talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pull this up. This is his video on Avatar, which did not get copyright strike. You know, so we're not going to get copyright yeah, strike for putting we're free on. Now. We're free now. We're free, free. Um, so we're going to talk about Avatar. So I'm going to give you guys a little synopsis here. Avatar: The Last Airbender is an American animated television series created by Michael Dante DiMartino. I hope I said that right. Brian, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name, and Aaron, not going to pronounce that one either. Um, <laughs> I assume it's like Ehas or something like that, but I, whatever. I, I think I, yeah, get good enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, it aired on Nickelodeon for three seasons from February 2005 to July 2008. Unfortunately, it did not continue on after that, unless you include the Legend of Korra that I'm not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> Avatar is set in an, I'm just going to say Asia, like basically Asia, okay? In which some people can manipulate the classical elements with psychokinetic variants of the Chinese martial arts known as bending um Mm -hmm. one individual the avatar is capable of bending all four elements and is responsible for maintaining harmony between the world's four nations it is presented in a style that combines anime which everybody loves anime Hmm? Mm -hmm. um i'm sorry with american cartoons relies on the imagery of east south asian inuit and new world societies um, mm-hmm. The series is centered around the journey of a 12-year-old, Aang, who is actually 112 years old, thank you very much, and the last survivor mm-hmm. of his nation, the Air Nomads, along with his friends, Saka, Katara, and later on... My brain's not working. Toph? Toph. I was going to say Toph. Of course. I know that's wrong. Toph. I, I was Tofu. like, I literally was going to go, <laughs> Toph. Nope. <laughs> It's like, how in the heck is my brain saying Toph? And I was like, I'm going to let him jump in, and I'm going to look <laughs> stupid. Oh, well, that's fine. As they strive to end the Fire Nation's war against the other nations of the world, it is it is it it also follows the story of Zuko. And Zuko is probably my favorite character, other than his uncle on the show. Yeah, he's pretty cool. The exiled prince of the Fire Nation, seeking to restore his lost honor by capturing Aang, the 112-year-old avatar, accompanied by his wise uncle, and later of his ambitious sister. So... <laughs> What I want to talk about, what are our opinions on Avatar? And we'll start with A. a. Wow. Hey. We'll start with Hey. Brain um, not working. Yeah, yeah. Avatar is one of my favorite shows all time. Um, it was super interesting uh, revisiting it. I actually did it two years ago. I know it's on Netflix now. So, you know, anytime something comes back on Netflix, whether it be Friends, Avatar, The Office, inevitably, when it switches, <laughs> um, it always gets like a spike in popularity again because people are watching it again. Um, but yeah, it just has stuck with me for so long. I rewatched it and it's one of those like Lion King where you watch it when you're a kid and it's like, yeah, lions talk and sing. I, I like this cause I'm five. Um, mm. and then you sort of watch it again and you notice like a lot of the subtleties, uh, that are in a show like this that I, I feel like you don't realize you're learning as a kid watching Avatar. Um, but it's one of those that I, I don't want to throw this term because I know like shows like, 
Arthur or Cyberchase or I, I can't think of any uh, off the top of my head, but like educational TVs. In a lot of way, in a lot of ways, Avatar is an educational TV show. It's just does such a good job of storytelling and everything else. People don't mm-hmm. tend to notice that. Um, but yeah, that's that's some of like my favorite stuff. I don't know because you guys are a little bit older than me. Um, I'm sure you guys still saw <laughs> Avatar when it was on, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. Um, my I have a younger brother and nephews that were um, that, that aren't that much younger than me actually. So we all watched it together, ranging in ages from like what what did it, wait year did this come out again? Two thousand five. So I would have been like thirteen when this came out. My brother would have mm-hmm. been like eleven, twelve, and then my nephews would have been uh, early years, like five between five and and or I'm sorry, three and seven somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, so my youngest nephew would have been like four. My oldest nephew would have been like seven or eight when this came out. So, yeah, we were all different ages and we all watched this together and it was mm-hmm. it was great for all of us to watch. Like some of us would pick up on different things. You know, everybody picked up on something different. But the thing I really appreciated about the show is it brought a more realistic anime style to America that you just don't see a lot of this type of art style in an anime in 2005. Yeah, you know what I appreciate about this show? The how hilarity of it? it was. It was really good. <laughs> so, you don't have no don't understand how long I tried to bend water outside. <laughs> <laughs> I was growing up right by a, a stream at this point and I would spend hours out there doing the moves like get, trying to get the water to do something and every once in a while it would like bubble cuz you know it's a creek so it would hit a rock or something and splash I'm like oh my gosh I did it. <laughs> Kind of like when you learn about the force and you're like, I will force exactly. push this. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. nothing. And then when I watched Daredevil for the first time, the terrible movie, um, I would try to throw pens in the darts into like a dartboard. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I will say this. This has one of the best representations of like maintaining friendship and, and relationships of any show that's put out for kids and that mm-hmm. it actually explores the redemption arc of Zuko. It actually explores how his uncle is more of a father figure to him than his own father. Yep. It, it does like so many different and interesting things in both familiar relationships, friendships, siblings. You know, it's 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 so different from any other show that I watched as a kid growing up, and I loved it. It, was, it you could feel every different emotion in this show. The only other show that really explored deep things like that when I was growing up was probably Digimon. Digimon did a lot of stuff right, just like Avatar did. And that could be a whole other episode, but mm-hmm. those two shows definitely tackled some pretty serious subjects in a kid-friendly manner. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. I, I like that you bring up the Zuko thing. I, I said in this video in particular, I think Zuko is probably the best developed character in any like TV show medium. I know like that's not necessarily like the hottest take, haha, <laughs> pun intended, far bending. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just love the whole idea of you start out with these characters um, with their sort of motivation, like their destiny that they're given, one from his father, one from the universe, essentially. Uh, both of them, one's like, okay, I'm going to capture the Avatar. One's like, I don't want to be the Avatar. Um, and there are like interesting things that it sort of brings up, like you were mentioning, how, like, you know, e- even if the world is telling you, oh, hey, you want to be this right now, um, I feel like it does a really good job of of developing these characters to have them change emotions and change feelings 
when they eventually like shift their their opinions and feelings about their specific destinies. Um, so, I guess the next question we should explore is: Would a show like this get greenlit nowadays? No, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Expand upon these, that. These guys. Okay, so so I did a little bit of research on this. Um, these guys are insane. In that, when they pitched the show to Nickelodeon, uh, they basically, instead of doing like an elevator pitch type thing, they were like, "Okay, well, there's there's his uncle, and then there's a, a Firebender, and he's kind of his dad, and then here's what happens in season two. Then they go to Earthbenders, and there's a Water Tribe, and then there's uh, Earthbenders and Sandbenders. They explained everything out, um, and I have no clue how Nickelodeon was like." All right, we'll we'll do a high concept fantasy kids show, um, <laughs> and I just feel like this is one of those things that would be like put on Netflix and would. There's a couple of shows that I could mention in the same realm uh, that are on Netflix, but I, I feel like Avatar is just a like lightning in a bottle thing. Same with, I mean, Breaking Bad probably could get made at any point, but that's one of those shows like it just happened, and you have to wonder like how did the, how did we get a show this good? Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I think if I mean, Cora uh, specifically is telling to how Nickelodeon like didn't really care about a kids show that wasn't selling toys, uh, and that's the case with Cartoon Network as well. Both those shows, if you're not selling toys, which Avatar notoriously didn't really sell toys because no one was like, "I want a Zuko doll so he can scream about <laughs> honor." Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think shows now sort of have that that thing where they're thinking like Teen Titans Go is one of the biggest shows because it's funny. It's, it's actually meant just for kids and you Mm -hmm. can sell toys of it. So unfortunately I feel like we're not going to get as many avatars um, where this should have set like a precedent for more of these. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I always liken the fact that avatar made it to like Samurai Jack. Like I can't imagine trying to pitch that show. Or even courage nowadays. Courage the cowardly dog. But you could yeah. sell you could sell courage toys. They would just be really weird. Yeah, <laughs> they would be. I will say, um, courage. Just real quick point. Courage. The the pilot episode of Courage. I think it was the pilot. It was the first one I saw. Anyways, gave me nightmares for months after I watched it. I did not watch Courage um, because I saw. I think they played it on like a preview. There was like this wiggly ghost thing or whatever, and I was like, "Nope, never watching this ever." That's exactly uh, what freaked me out. Yep. Um, and I still yeah. watched a few more episodes of the Courage. I realized what me really... about that show is the fact the dog has a hole in his tooth. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I was like, makes my tooth hurt, and I don't like watching it. Eustache. <laughs> um. Anyways, Avatar on the other hand is extremely kid friendly, um, for being as deep as it is. And yeah. although it it's tackles so cool. things like anger, like, you know, a dad being relatively abusive to his child, it does it in a way that's more artistic and not so showy about it. Where, mm-hmm. like, an adult show <clears throat> would be more showy, show and tell about it. Being able to just to, to kind of hide the abuse behind something like fire or water, it, it helps to show the same thing without showing the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more of a mental than a physical showing, even though it shows it. And I'm trying to say it in a way that makes sense, and I don't think I'm succeeding. No, at no, it. no. I, I get what you're saying. Like it doesn't really. It, like it's not. There's not a whole episode that's like, 
uh, I'm I'm an abusive father and I beat up Zuko. There's just one moment where you don't even see him actually get that scar on his face, but you know, mm, you know what it, it stresses the important exactly. Um, and the other thing I was gonna throw out just real quick because you mentioned um, there hadn't been really like an anime infused cartoon um, here at least in the West. I mean, there's things like Cowboy Bebop and Trigon that at least bridged some stuff. But I think if Avatar wasn't here or didn't come out, we wouldn't have, like, a lot of shows that are sort of, like, anime, like, inspired, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that was the gateway for, like, a lot of creators and a lot of studios to sort of know, like, oh, wait, anime's a thing. Um, Yeah. Well, because there was, like, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, definitely. But I feel like Dragon Ball Z was still, like, even even at the height of Dragon Ball Z in the U.S., it was still, like, a niche, if that makes sense. And it's expanded way more now. Like for, um, for example, though, like Dragon Ball Z, like that was a boy show. Yes, a lot of young boys watched it. My mm-hmm. wife watched this show. Like Avatar was more appealing to everybody. Yep. Yeah, I think it had a much wider appeal than what people were expecting. And Nickelodeon got very lucky that they released this show because I think it it kept people watching Nickelodeon as opposed to Cartoon Network or you know Kids WB or. You know mm-hmm. any of those other shows? I I think Nickelodeon would have struggled a whole lot if they didn't have this because I I don't think they have. I mean I'd have to look back through their backlog, um, but they didn't have uh you know like a main show. Sorry, I'm laughing at the minion button yeah, that's do. on the screen. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yeah, they didn't have like I think Cartoon Network at the time had like uh, Foster's Home, Teen Titans. Um, trying to think of a couple of the other ones. Did but... they have Jimmy Neutron, or is that a different show? No, Jimmy Neutron was on Nick. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. But I feel like Avatar was like them being like, "Oh, see, we have a serious show mm-hmm. that is still meant for kids." So you're right; they're super lucky that this came around. It was. It's just so good. Like I, I can't. Like as an adult, I can watch this show and appreciate it for what it is. Oh, for sure. And, um, and what's weird is this actually comes from. Uh, I think one day I want to do it, but I, I keep realizing how expansive it'll end up being. Both these creators worked on Family Guy. I think one of them worked on King of the Hill. And I wanted to do, like, like a family tree style thing of, like, here's all the people that worked on The Simpsons. But The Simpsons specifically, so many people went on to do so many other things mm-hmm. uh, after that. Um, but it's just interesting because, like, I don't know. I mean, they were they were, like, directors and animators on family guy in king of the hill um but you wouldn't think like guys working on that if someone had pitched you you like yeah i want to make a fantasy like kind of uh asian inspired aesthetic to it you'd be like uh maybe stick to family guy (laughs) so since we're going to be talking about the the remake later we're not going to talk about it on this episode um why do you think that this show is a show that people go back to even now instead of watching newer shows that are coming out today. Because it has classic universal themes. You have the, you know, rejecting your destiny, you have a redemption arc, and you have family ties. Like, this is something that joins together, like, all of humanity, and everyone can kind of relate to that con- those concepts. But I think the fact that they did it so well, people are continuously going to go back to that uh, show, versus, like, you know, in- instead of a show that's, like, trying to hit whatever trend is happening at the time it's not going to be appealing past like you know five years this show is you know going to be appealing many years from now i promise my reaction was not to you will it was to the weird art (laughs) i had up on the screen 
just to expand on, on Will's point a little bit, I, I feel like a lot of it too, because yeah, you get so many people that see the hero's journey the first time yes. uh, through Avatar, and and you're right, it's going to stick with them uh, over and over. On top of that, um, the choice for 2D animation, they don't really do CGI. They have like, there's like a wind thing, wind lock that they open that's CGI animation. Um, and like, I think the Fire Nation, one of their vehicles is also CGI. But most of it still holds up like visually, whereas if you go to a show like Jimmy Neutron um, mm-hmm. in particular, like I've gone back to that. I still have like nostalgia for Jimmy Neutron. Uh, but in terms of holding up animation-wise, CGI was not where it is now. In 2005, <laughs> like there were some nasty-looking things that they uh, did as as mainline shows. <laughs> like to be honest, the art style that they chose is—I think they use some cell shading in this show, kind of like yep. how Wind Waker still holds up because they use yep. that. It's it's scalable, right? That's why Wind Waker HD was able to happen with minimal edits to The Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker on the GameCube and cell shading mm-hmm. is, is a beautiful thing to use because I think people are figuring this out nowadays because of its scalability. Like Samurai Jack easily translated to Blu-ray HD 4k because it was cell shaded. Yep. <laughs> it's like the, the equivalent of using vectors for graphics. Vectors have no like limit to their resolution. Right, cell shading has no limit to its resolution. I believe they use something similar to cell shading in Avatar, which is why it scales so well. Yeah, in uh, just going on top, of, I actually ended up buying the Blu-ray for this when it came out. I don't know how many people coughed up the money because I felt a little. I mean, I'm like a I'm a movie collector anyway, so it's not a big deal. Um, but I, I know, like, as soon as it was like Netflix is going to have it back, I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> But I was going to mention, you know, the early days of Netflix, Avatar was on there. So I feel like that helps a little bit of the longevity as well. And like with it coming back onto Netflix, like I've seen Avatar memes like recirculate uh, a <laughs> bunch of fans, a bunch of people specifically that like are heavily like against anime. They're like, I never watch one of those cartoons um, that have been like, ah, I guess I'll check out Avatar. People are talking about it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I know tons of people that watch Attack on Titan that would not have ever considered... Haven't watched anime at all. Yep, that happened yeah. at my high school. I was so confused when people are like, oh, you watch anime, uh, Attack on Titan, right? And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Who are you? Because <laughs> I had, like, specific anime, like, friends that I would talk to about mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, for some reason, some of these shows just gain wide appeal. Um, but yeah, Avatar but- is so easily explainable as to why it has the wide appeal it has. And it's because it has that kind of easy to understand but deep themes, it's so easy to recommend to your friends, right? And word of mouth for this show, every time it comes back to Netflix, ooh, should I watch Avatar? Yes. The answer is yes. The only answer is yes. Go watch it. Yeah, and and just one last thing that I feel like helps it a little bit, because the the live-action movie is so terrible and regarded as, like, one of the worst movies of all time, I feel like that's free publicity for the show, just a reminder like <laughs> how good the show is when mm-hmm. you know you look on the the worst rated things on IMDb and it's like in the top ten, uh, and people see that and they're like, oh well, I shouldn't watch this, but maybe I'll check out the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Negative, negative, um, negative connotation against something that's associated with the show, but not the show. Yeah. Yep. 
I will say this. I was more disappointed walking out of the Avatar Last Airbender live action film than I was at just about anything else in my life. Like that was one of the most disappointing yep. experiences. I will one up that when I walked out of the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I actually think oh. last airbender is far worse. Like there, yeah. at least there, I mean, there are, there are a few things that are redeeming about the last Jedi. I can't tell yep. you anything that's redeeding about yeah, that's the last fair, airbender. Fair. Y'all should, y'all should do a last Jedi, uh, <laughs> Friday episode, uh, one of these days. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. like, what, what is it the worst Star Wars film? No, no, no yeah, like an argument, um, mm-hmm. like y'all have been doing. That's a good I, idea. I would listen yeah. to that, yeah. We've got to have a good, um, a good, good judge for that because, oh, for sure. If you have somebody that really enjoyed it or really hated it, it automatically they're going to be impartial, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just not good. Um, so uh, the last thing I want to say, who's your favorite character on the show? Uh, I'll go first. Mine's Uncle Iroh. I mean, the the yeah, that's good. the usual answer is um, Zuko, and I do completely understand that. I especially understand uh, because he started sort of ugly. Uh, so for the ladies in particular, long hair Zuko um, <laughs> was one of the best things uh, in people's childhood. Uh, but I just feel like Uncle Iroh. <laughs> the more I think about it, he's just a really complex character. Um, and I, I feel like it's sort of understated sometimes. Like, this is a dude that basically all of his life he was told, like, hey, these people are bad. We're going to conquer them. And for the most part, like, I, I haven't read too much into the lore. But for the most part, it's shown, like, he was all for that. He was going to be the heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like he just does a complete turnaround. And that's so interesting to me. Well, he lost mm-hmm. both of his, like, no spoiler alert. He lost he lost his kids in the war, yep. right? Yep. And, he lost uh, his son. Yeah, it's just one, right? I I couldn't remember if it was multiple for some reason. It's been a little while since I've last watched the oh, show. Oh no, you're but, good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he just had like such a such a big arc to his character, mm-hmm. presented in flashbacks, and I yep. think he mirrors Zuko in his in his hatred for all the other nations, and then his turnaround, mm-hmm. and he wanted to help Zuko get there. And I I respect him being your favorite character on the show. What about you, Will? Yep. You know what? I, so I've thought about this a while. It's really hard. And I don't want to just say Zuko because, like, he was saying that's like everyone's favorite character. However, Bending Fire is freaking awesome. And I realize, <laughs> like, he also has, like, a pretty complex character arc. But let's, you know, let's just be real. I, I'm going to like a character the most off their powers. <laughs> so, fire fire um, is the coolest by far. Fire <laughs> is super cool. And the, but the thing is, like, you know, Anne can do all of them. So, like, mm, now I'll go with Zuko. He's still super cool. His scar is cool. Like the whole Fire Nation is cool. So yeah, I'll go with him. Well, like, and also because of character arc, we, well, we talked about that earlier in the uh, yeah, we've talked video. about that. I really like Toph. Um, I think she is like just by far the most entertaining character on the show. Like she's got this cocky attitude. I know what I'm doing, you know. But like she's humorous and like she gets humbled so many times on the show that. Like it reminds me of myself and my ego and how I get humbled all the time, like with just <laughs> random things. And the fact that she's, you know, she feels the earth, she doesn't see the earth. It's like, wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And just well, go ahead. Yeah, just on top of that, it was crazy to me that they added a character, like a main character, in season two. I just had never seen that um, for the most part because, like, it was usually like. Hey, there's six people, and those are the six people that you're going to care about in this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. Um, and I think it's 
it's telling that the show was able to do that. Like the writing was just that good. The character never felt out of place. Not once. I, I felt like Toph mm-hmm. came in and she, just naturally, this person's part of the show. And like when I go back and watch season one, it's like, oh yeah, she's not there. Toph's yet. not here. Yeah. <laughs> she just. It was so natural to have her written into the show. I thought. I thought she was one of the best characters ever yep. added to a show later on. So yeah, I picked Toph. Toph wins nice. for me. Um, <laughs> do you guys have anything else you want to say about Avatar: The Last Airbender? If for whatever reason you're watching this and got to this part and still haven't watched Avatar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yourself that's a good point. <laughs> and I'm gonna link um, in the top comment pinned to this video a link to the all that film Avatar video. So if you get through this video, um, go watch his video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. There's there's a lot of great uh, Avatar videos, and and that's one of those that I, I can watch like everybody's. Um, but yeah, check out mine first. <laughs> After well, if you're watching this one already, you've already watched ours first. But mm-hmm. go watch his immediately following mm-hmm. this video. Yes. Um, give us the watch time first, then give him the watch time too. You know, it's like yeah, a du- course, double duty, double duty. Yes. Um, watch this video get like one view, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna go watch all that film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You guys are a video game channel. Why are you covering Avatar? Oh, there's a bunch of yeah, Avatar right. video games too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Go check those out. They're they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that one we wanted to mention? Dreams. Oh, just the dreams one. Uh, that's the thing I was gonna mention real quick. Um, I know. A lot of people want a really good Avatar game. There's not one that's that popular. So this Dreams game is sort of like popping off on the Dreams like in- engine popularity, um, mm-hmm. just because people want that. So if this can be like, even even if it's kind of buggy um, and still like plays decently, I, I still feel like people like like you were saying. Well, when I was when I was a kid, I was like, I want to bend water. Like, <laughs> I, I want to shoot fire out of my hands. So yeah. people will definitely want to play that. This might be like the biggest missed opportunity for Nickelodeon at the time. Yep. Um, was mm-hmm. not making a really good Avatar video game. Although, to be fair, it probably would have been really hard to develop something as good as this oh, back definitely. then. So Nick- Nickelodeon didn't really handle Avatar as, as well as they should have. Um, mm-hmm. Where's the action figures? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hay with all that film. And we will see you on next Quillcast. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hay with all that film. And for some reason I just realized we didn't do the Manic Monday or Tuber Tuesday <laughs> or no. Wild Card Wednesday. So I'm going to do this. Wild Wednesday. <laughs> I know, right? Like we screwed this up massively. We do this all mm-hmm. the time though. Throw the throw the throwback Thursday. Okay. All right. Now <laughs> we can call it. Hey, Pat the NES Punk, come on our podcast, dude. I don't know what you're doing, but I've commented on a lot of your videos. Come on our podcast. All right. Today we're going to be doing a video on a game that should have come stateside but didn't. And before we get into that, why don't we find out about all that film?
Yeah, so uh, I'm a YouTuber uh, that hosts uh, a bunch of different opinions on film. We have a bunch of different uh, hosts that sort of come on our podcast. Uh, whatever you're looking for, we probably have, uh, whether it be movie reviews. Uh, I- I'm trying to get a little bit more into reaction stuff. I don't, like, love trailers, so that's weird for me. Most of those are, like, <laughs> making fun of trailers, if that makes sense. Um, um, we have a podcast that we post every Monday. There's going to be a topic that you like probably um if unless you if you don't like film or tv or anything there's some people that i've met that i've been like because i'm i'm a big movie guy that i'm like what's your what's your favorite movie you watch any movies and they're like nope <laughs> nope don't do that and i'm like all right never mind <laughs> do you want to get a, a a ranking video of star wars you know go to his channel and check out his ranks and then yeah, those- well, I've, I've been trying to do a little bit more uh, live live uh, streams of, of those types of stuff. I'm going to show you another another channel that ranked the Star Wars films. <laughs> Ooh. <Yeah. laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so go watch his and watch ours, and then you guys can fight amongst the communities. Or watch them at the same time, you know, just that would be... go crazy. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I'm here with all this. is the Krillcats. You can't listen at the same time. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. what uh, Star Wars Twitter is at this point. Um... <laughs> You're not wrong. It's just like a bunch of people yelling at each other. No, yeah. the sequel films are better. No, the yeah. OG trilogy. And then there's people like me, but I kind of like the prequels. <laughs> I do like the prequels. <laughs> I, I've turned a little bit. I'm I'm a little bit of a prequel apologist. Um, <laughs> after think, seeing, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah, yeah. It's just you're right. After seeing like sort of what they do and how they handle Star Wars, it's like, look, yeah, the prequels are weird for sure. Um, <laughs> but like, at least it was still, even though it was like the creator making a theme park decision. But yeah, we'll, we'll go to Michigan. Report from hell. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like. Release the Snyder Cut. No. <laughs> um, okay. Enough with the random references. Um, we're doing a, a video game that's like very not well known, but a few YouTubers have covered it. I've seen some videos on this. I've wanted to cover it for a long time. It's called Michigan Report from Hell, and it it hits me deeply because I'm from Michigan. So Michigan I'm Report also from known Hell. As hell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there is Hell, Michigan. That place exists. There is, yes. Um, and there's actually a, a 5k or 10k or some kind of run every year. It's called, um, run, it's called, uh, run from hell. I think let's look running up. like hell. Maybe no, no, it's run. For, I think it's run from hell, Michigan, run through hell, run through hell. The race is through the town of hell. That's what it is. <laughs> I almost did it one year and they canceled it or, or I canceled my run. I don't remember. I almost did it though. It was pretty cool. It's not this year, but this year would have made sense why it would have got canceled because yeah. of everything going on. So <laughs> yep. it wasn't this year. Um, but this game is like famous for having some of the strangest, some of the strangest, like basically the life bar is like your film. Like the, when you're playing this game, you're trying to get through it and the life bar is film, which I've never seen anybody else do this Mm-mm. from start to finish. Like the battery and the, or I don't remember if it's the battery or the film, the amount of film you have or the battery, the amount of battery you have. But one of those things ending is what ends the game. So I'm going to give you guys a little synopsis. And you have to solve the uh, mystery before it runs out. Yes, that's what it is. So Michigan Report from Hell is a survival horror game developed by a company called Grasshopper Manufacturer, or Manufacturer and published by Spike. Um, it was released in Japan on August 5th, 2004, and in Europe 
on September 29, 2005. So right there in the middle is about where they should have released it in the U.S., you know, somewhere in between those two. So we're mm-hmm. covering it in June of 2020, which would be about 15 years since it should have released in the States. This game was never released in North America. It was directed by Akira Ueda, 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 however you pronounce that, and planned by Goichi Suda. I think that's how you say that. I could be wrong. Don't yell at me, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> the game focuses on a news crew for the fictional Zaka TV or Zaka TV, dedicated by a uh, dedicated to covering strange phenomena. The game mm-hmm. is unique in the sense that it is plays almost played almost entirely through the viewfinder of a camera, and the game is lost if the player runs out of film. You're right, well, before solving the mysteries in a mission. Revealed in a March 15, 2008 interview with N Gamer, Sudo is unaware of the release in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine like like three years after you release this game? Hey, what do you think of the fact that this got released in Europe? It was released in Europe? What? <laughs> It got localized somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that. How weird is it that three years after it was released, he finds out it was released in another region than the region it was intended for. <laughs> I, I think that just goes to show like how obscure this game must have been on the <laughs> development team trying to, trying to release it. Um, that they literally had, uh, oh, it's in Europe? Okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just can't imagine that with any game. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think weird. it's also weird that it's, it, so it's set in Michigan. Yep. It's, it, the thing is, so, you know, it's not super strange for games to be set in regions that, like it's not released in or like a, like a random place that the developers never been to. I mean, there's obviously ones in space, but there's also ones that, like a Japanese game is set in America or vice versa. And but it's, it's so weird that it's set in Michigan. Why Michigan of all places? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the thing is, it reminds me of when I was in Italy and I was in Rome, and there's a Michigan hotel. And I remember thinking, like, why did they name the hotel after Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> like, Mich- it's the same thing. It's like mythical why? Michigan. <laughs> it's like yes. Michigan isn't known for like ghost stories. So I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> there's an entire website dedicated to Michigan ghost stories. I will have you know. Okay, well, like the three ghosts that live in Michigan. <laughs> no, it's like a lot of Michigan ghost stories. Apparently, Michigan has yeah, a maybe. massive paranormal uh, following here. Well, I'm not it saying makes that... sense to have it in like in Missouri, where The Exorcist is based off a story in St. Louis. Um, does True. it say IKEA behind that guy? Can uh, you see? Does it say IKEA? It looks I'm like it. Not entirely I sure. I can't. Um, well, that makes sense. If it's set in Ikea, I mean, you can't escape those stores. <laughs> so a lot of people die in there, probably. It was a trailer. Yeah, you, you run it just out looks of like very says. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, did, did y'all um did y'all do a little bit of exploring on uh the two the manufacturer and developer company companies separately? Uh, actually, I did not. Did you? Okay, I was gonna throw out Spike is interesting in particular. Um, because I did click on them because I thought they were associated with Spike TV. Uh, <laughs> they're not. Um, Is this Spike Chunsoft? I I don't I don't remember. The thing that stuck out to me is they were uh, someone that stuck around with um, the Sega Saturn. Um, so when they made this game, it wasn't like they were doing great. Um, so for them to have this like not even release everywhere at the same time mm-hmm. and and only Japan is a little bit like perplexing to me. I don't think they were doing that well. Um, they've since had 
I think it's the No More Heroes games, I think is Spike. Yeah, that's that, uh, I think. Yeah, and, like, those do decently well. But, yeah, this was mm-hmm. a studio, like, with this this Michigan game, like, they were not – they were probably on thin ice uh, at the at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious now if it's a different version of – like, I thought it was Spike Chun- – yeah, okay, yeah. So they merged with um, Chunsoft to become Spike Chunsoft. So Spike Chunsoft is a pretty big, pretty um, popular company now. But it's kind of strange that um, I, I actually – didn't initially associate Spike with Spike Chunsoft, but that makes sense. So Spike Chunsoft mm-hmm. released another set of games that I really enjoy. Um, let me see. I want to see if they have it on the list here. Yeah. So the Zero Escape series is produced by this company. Well, yeah. I was going to say uh, Grasshopper actually uh, developed Nine Doors, Nine Hours, or whichever. I always yeah. forget. Nine Nine Nine. Just Nine Nine Nine. Yeah, Nine Nine Nine. That's one of my <laughs> favorite games. I love that game. Have you played the other two? No, I haven't. I bought it on uh, PlayStation. It's um, totally worth it. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely uh, ready to go back in. That's why I was so peaked uh, with with interest on this one, just because I thought it was going to be like a one of those like, oh hey, this is a great game that was interesting and mm-hmm. not necessarily like as much as Nine Nine Nine. But yeah, it, it definitely takes like a risk to sort of be like, hey, you have a camera, and if you run out of film, like game's over. Um, yeah. It's very interesting premise. There's not a lot of games that make good use of the cameras in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. The only other game that I've actually played myself that I enjoyed that made good use of a camera was like Dead Rising. Another horror game is but it's set it's set in like a more comedic tone mm-hmm. type game, kind of like uh, Shaun of the Dead. Outlast is kind of like this a little bit, just because you have like batteries for a flashlight, I think. Yeah. Or maybe even batteries for a camera. Um, but yeah, I, again, like it's not necessarily because you're not really solving a mystery in Outlast. It's more like, no. oh, it's going to spook you a little bit, uh, which it did <laughs> a lot for me because I'm not. I'm, horror games scare uh, me so much. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, I'll stream, maybe I'll stream this game. <laughs> go for it. I, I'll I'd figure out how to play watch it. that. Um, also, it appears that this game is set in Chicago. No, some Which parts. Which is not Michigan. Some parts. Needs to know. <laughs> so, 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 like, I think this is like the the storyline before Michigan. But so here's okay. the thing about this game. So the idea is like wherever you point the camera causes things to happen, right? So if you're pointing the camera at like a door, then the, the person on screen might go open that door, and then inevitably that might kill them, right? So like you're taking, mm-hmm. you're getting like why'd you point your camera there? And those kinds of reactions. Like, why would you look at that? Like, oh, you made this guy die. Like, what? No, I just moved my camera. Like, what? <laughs> so I guess that's like one of the mechanics that people found very strange. It was like, oh, if you move your camera here or there, it causes problems. Mm-hmm. So how weird is it that they picked Michigan? Like, of all places to have this story happen. Like, you could pick any big city and you picked... Not even like Detroit. You just picked Michigan. <laughs> like I could, I could understand well, Detroit escaped yeah, from hell. Yeah, I brought this up before. It's like it's such a weird state because how many people outside of the country? It wasn't even released in the United States. How many people outside of the country has even heard of Michigan? <laughs> Did you see <laughs> that though? I mean, like he put his he put his video on him, and boom! Now this person's dead. Like 
Well, that was terrifying. <laughs> right? What, what is that? I don't know. I mean, I've seen that in Michigan before, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've never driven through now. But, yeah, <laughs> I do wonder if they debated. They're like, oh, well, maybe, like, Rhode Island's the spookiest or, or Missouri. Uh, and then they were like, no, Michi- Michigan just has that brand recognition that we really need. <laughs> I mean, their state animal is yeah. the Wolverine, and Wolverine's got to do with the claws, right? Yeah, Wolverine's hot right now for X Men. People will love Michigan. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, they've actually been to Michigan. They're like, it's always cloudy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so the spooky. land of the gray skies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess if this game released in the states, oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Um, yeah, that chick's about to die. Oh my gosh, I didn't think it would actually happen. See, that's what I'm saying. You point the camera at stuff, and stuff happens. That was terrifying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff of nightmares. Um, what is it? R slash no sleep. This is perfect for R slash no sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back to the game. So I've watched some gameplay of this. Um, and if you want to pull out your headphones, I'm going to discuss the endings real quick. Spoiler oh, territory. Spoiler just, territory. Just wave your hands when, when you're done with that. Because right. I, I do want to try to play this. Okay. So the ending, no matter what you do, is the guy getting shot. The cameraman gets shot, no matter what you do. Um, and there's three different cameramen. So like, depending on what you do in this game, the cameraman changes, which is bizarre to me. It's like, so you don't find out who the voice actor of the cameraman is until the end. And regardless of who you are, you get shot. The quote-unquote best ending turns mm-hmm. out that you're actually the demon that's summoning all the crap in Michigan. So oh, like, wow, okay. And I think even the demon gets shot. So it's like, <laughs> what the heck? Like... This is like Mass Effect again. No matter what you do, it all ends the same. Mm-hmm. So, hey, <laughs> nice. Come back. We're done Come discussing back. the endings. We're done discussing the endings. Yeah, very yeah. nice. I hope y'all had a fun time with those. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did say like, hey, take out your headphones. So like, nobody. Yeah, got it. yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I do wonder. Is it similar to? 999 and like how like sort of satisfying or like whoa like endings that you could sort of talk about if that makes sense no <laughs> okay gotcha, gotcha. It, I, it's more I of one of those it's more one of those like the ending is what it is inevitably like and you just have to get there somehow yeah gotcha <laughs> but it, but it's not it's not that quite that nuanced so it, yeah. I can't really explain it without spoiling it so I'm not going to um, but it it is like satisfying in that it, there are differences. It's just like it's just like oh okay, <laughs> like I don't know how to explain it. Um, mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to say is, um, are there other games like this that are that you would not have expected to be region locked, but they actually are that you guys can think of? Um, or like a movie, was... or like a movie that's region locked. That's like why is this region locked? Uh, there was actually a movie recently that I know took like 30 years to come out. I forget what the name of it. It's an Iranian film, but like it didn't come out because it's one of the most like grotesque and horrifying <laughs> movies, apparently. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like region locked movies, I know, I mean, there's, there's been some stuff like, uh, different parts in the Middle East haven't had like mainstream movies for a while. And one of the funniest things I guess I'll just throw out because I have this knowledge now um, <laughs> is the first movie that came back. Uh, I, for, I think it was Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure, 
But the first movie they got back in theaters, keep in mind, like, you know, you've lived in this country for a while. Oh, hey, we get, like, one of the United States films. What is it? The Emoji Movie. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) What a great return to theater. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm sure people were ecstatic for that. So Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get Wreck-It Ralph next. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I, I will say this. The only time I can understand region locking a game is like when it's language based. So like yeah. for example, there's a game Catherine that was released in the in Japan, um, full body, that the original version of the game was localized to the US for, you know, the PS three and the Xbox three sixty. And when they did full body, um, they localized that to the PS four. But there's also a Vita version that never got localized to the US and I'm like why is this not on Vita in the U.S.? Well, it turns out they want that Switch money, so they localize it to the Switch instead of the Vita. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, it's still it, you've you've mentioned this a lot on the podcast, Chris, but like the early Fire Emblem games specifically. Yeah. Like it still makes no yep. sense to me. I feel like Nintendo just doesn't understand that's free money. That if they just they wouldn't even have to. You could release it just in Japanese, and people would still <laughs> buy it. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's no voice acting. So you, and the fan translations, like Nintendo, just ask the fan <laughs> translators yep. to give it to you for like, mm-hmm. they'll give it to you for very, it's already out there for everybody to download and do it. I guarantee they wouldn't charge Nintendo that much money. Yeah. Just not. pay for it. Like, it's already well translated. Like, and then re release it on virtual console. Don't even, you don't have to do a lot of work here. It'll work yeah, for exactly. relatively low low effort so yeah like i do understand earthbound to some extent because earthbound's kind of like a weird <laughs> game um so i can understand like the hesitation of like oh well we don't want to release that now and even even now like y'all were mentioning it's still sort of like a big niche but it's still a niche where i still uh, i feel mm-hmm. fire emblem is sort of developing with three houses like specifically into yeah, more than that so like it's mm-hmm. a mainstream game at this point yeah it's a mainstream niche game. It's like a, it has wide appeal to an audience that um, is still kind of a niche audience. It's like it's like one of those like big crowds. Like for example, anime conventions have lots of people show up to them, but I wouldn't say a lot mm-hmm. of people are into anime like mainstream, right? Yep. I would say there's probably a big audience, but it's not a big like wide mainstream audience like the people that watch the news every day. Like it's not that big yet. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. for sure, <clears throat> but it I, is a big audience. I definitely think it it helps that they have like fifty characters in Smash Bros. for Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Started with Roy and Marth, neither and know, of which I, had a localized game at the time of release of Smash Bros. <laughs> I know some of my friends also think Cloud is is a is a Fire Emblem character. <laughs> That's kind of sad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, uh, he has a sword. I guess it's Fire Emblem. Whatever. Yeah. That's, that's what most people. <laughs> I would be more likely to mistake him for a Xenoblade character than a than a Fire Emblem character. They have no clue what Xenoblade is. <laughs> the, the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways, um, last thing on on Michigan Report from Hell. At least release it in Michigan. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's already in English in Europe. It wouldn't be that hard to localize. I mean, there's got to be a reason they couldn't or that they didn't. I just don't know what it is or was. Maybe mm-hmm. Michigan came after them at the time. <laughs> it's like Grand Holmes like, no, you can't release this here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 
Because I think I think Granholm was governor when this came out. She's just like, nope, veto. You can't have this here. The Senate's like, why? That'd <laughs> be so bizarre. Like Michigan lawmakers will not allow Michigan to report from hell to release here. Exactly. <laughs> bad publicity for the state. It's like uh, the ESRB creation all over again. Yeah. We will not Lena have slap this. Slap on the cover of the game. That's pure Michigan. <laughs> For those you don't, of you know, don't know, that's like the model yeah, that's like, right now. Gotcha, gotcha. If you, if, you, if you roll into Michigan, the sign says, pure Michigan. And there's so many pure Michigan memes, which I'm sure any <laughs> state slogan nowadays would have mm. a meme about it. But the pure Michigan memes are pure meme. Top meme. tier. Yeah, they're just good. <laughs> Look up the Walmart Wolverine pure Michigan scoop. <laughs> the best. Or there's also, um, like, there'll be a row with a bunch of potholes. It'll say pure Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, they say that the uh, state tree is the orange cone. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Anyways, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hay with all that film. And we will see you on the next Quiltcast. Bye, guys. Um- This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Hey with all that film. And hey, tell everybody who you are. Uh, I host uh, a movie, TV, uh, film, basically anything that you want to find uh, that's filmed with a camera uh, we touch on. Uh, and there's a bunch of different people that we have on. It's not just me blabbing about movies. I usually have someone paired with me. Hopefully, hopefully, because we're doing this here, um, we can get the Krillcast guys mm-hmm. to come on ATF Smackdown and and argue about The Last Jedi and, and tons of other <laughs> things. Will would <laughs> gladly talk about how much he dislikes The Last Jedi. For sure, yeah. I'd, I'd love to have it eventually. Hopefully it's in the cards. <laughs> there you go. Um, so what's today, Will? Today is uh, Face Off Friday. I almost said Fandom Friday, and I was like, I got to get tripped up on it. <laughs> I mean, we are fans of this show, so it wouldn't yeah. be wrong. But uh, <laughs> today, what is the topic? Topic that nobody, I can't talk. The topic today is, <laughs> should Avatar, The Last Airbender, be remade? Um, a la, let's say, the Netflix adaptation that's supposedly in the works. Does it even mm-hmm. need a remake? Um, and before we argue about that, um, we need to tell you who's going first. So, hey, you need to pick somebody to go first on this topic. Uh, I think I know where, where Will's siding, so I'll let Chris go first. Um. Hold on one second. (laughs) I'm glad I don't have to go first this time. I'm not prepared. No, I'm just kidding. I do need to look at something real quick. Chris is like, wait a minute, I forgot to prepare. (laughs) Well, how do I say? How do I say the main character's name? I'll I'll go first in in making the case, but I want you to tell everybody which argument you're taking. Like, are you for it or against? I'm saying no. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm for it. Very nice. Is it, is it bad that I'm not gonna say it? <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna tell you guys why the Netflix adaptation needs to happen. Okay. All right. Um, let me make sure I'm not screwing up the rules here. So Will is obviously against it. He's gonna go second. I'm for it. 
I'm going to go first based on the judge selecting me, which I was counting on him going against Will's wishes and selecting Will first. Cause then I can just tear <laughs> into Will's argument, but I can't do that. Yep, today. Yep, okay. yep. So I'm going to make my case and then you'll have the opportunity to ask one question. Will is allowed to object per the Adam Corlick rule that was added that you haven't seen yet. Cause nobody's seen that video yet. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. <laughs> so objections work as follows. If Will hears something and he's like, that's BS. He's going to be like, I object. And then you get to choose to say, yes, I sustain the objection that that count, that point makes no sense. Or you say sustained and nope, that objection is BS and the point is let stand. No, you screw this up. You say sustained if you agree with me. Overruled if he disagrees with you. Overruled. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Will knows what he's talking about. (laughs) So basically, just like yes or no. I object. Chris is an idiot. All right, three. I'm gonna give you guys my three. Hey, I'm gonna give you my points. Okay, I don't know why I said three. I'm just out of it, okay? All right. Avatar video is playing in the background. So, the reason we need a remake of Avatar is because the live-action film did it so poorly. Like, how can that be the last taste of the Avatar Last Airbender in live-action we get? Like, no. We need to erase the bad stain that is the Last Airbender movie. We need to make something good that can represent the series in the same way that the cartoon adaptation did in a way that everybody can come together and watch the Avatar again in a new way, reimagined, um, but hopefully sustaining a lot of the elements of the cartoon series. Um, And namely, what we need is good, relatively unknown actors that can portray these characters. So, like, we're not, you know, we're not typecasting, like, a Daniel Radcliffe playing the Avatar. should just be the weirdest thing ever. Um, So we just need, like, good, relatively unknown actors to play the characters in this show and they need to be not typecast because I don't want typecasting but they need to be relatively skilled in the martial arts so that they can show actually good bending technique Um, it's not going to be reliant on CGI and I think we need good directors that can really capture the same things that the cartoon series caught with the the production of that Um, and if you can get all of these things together we can reimagine the Avatar as a live action, like a live action TV show. And given that Netflix has done some good things like The Witcher, I think The Witcher is excellent. I have a lot of faith that Netflix could portray this well if they had the right cast in the right direction, the right producers on board. <laughs> Everyone disliked that. I, I, that's, <laughs> that's like. <laughs> Perfect. <timing. laughs> Do I, do I get a question for you now? Correct? I'm sorry, I'm not done yet. One more. One okay, more question. Question. I'm, I'm, done. I'm sorry. I object. This is too long. <laughs> I also want to see really good music. Music can sell or ruin this show. So the ambience that we saw in Avatar was some of the best background music of any TV show I've ever seen. And the sound effects that went with it. It was just magical. It really captured the experience for me so good music good cast um and it has to be well produced without trying to hit trends just give us the show give us the show in its entirety with the story intact and you could you could probably do it and it would be successful and we could clear the air from the avatar last airbender live action movie so yes you can ask me one question 
Okay, so so my main question for you is um, where specifically? It, I guess it's a two-parter kind of. Um, <laughs> do you want it to be verbatim, like a, a shot-for-shot kind of remake, like the Disney films have sort of done with Lion King and Jungle Book? Uh, and then two, I guess, on top of that is has anything worked as like a remake for you in that sense, going from a uh, lot or going from uh, animation to live action? Cause there's a lot of troubles, you know, presenting that, uh, that can arise. Um, that's a good question. It's a good two parter question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with the, the first half of that. Uh, as far as, you're going to have to remind me. What was the first half of the question? I'm stuck on... Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, the first half of the question is, do you want it to be like a beat No, beat not remake? shot for shot. Not shot for shot. Okay, so I don't want them to take creative directions such that they're changing the themes, but I also don't want them to be limited in their scope that they have to do shot for shot remake of the original series. Because then you might as well just do CGI and reuse the voices. Like, what would be the point of a live action? Um but at the same time, the only movies I can think of that were really good adaptations from cartoons to a movie, um, I actually thought uh, the um, brain is not working. It had, um, what is that movie called? Is it one of the Disney ones? It is a Disney one. It Aladdin, is. Lion King, Peach Dragon, uh None of those. Maleficent kind of. Uh, Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> no. Nope. Dumbo? No. Nope. Those are the only. Jungle Book? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Those are all the ones I got. <laughs> it's, it's a really important one. I just can't think of the name of it. I thought Cinderella. it was actually really good. Cinderella. I thought Cinderella was actually oh, a really okay. good gotcha. live action mm-hmm. adaptation. I, I actually, like, as I watched it with my wife. I didn't watch it on my own choice, but I thought it was really good. Uh, adaptation from a cartoon to a live action film. So I know that Disney has, has the ability to produce good cartoon to live action. I just think that when you limit it to a shot for shot movie and you eliminate Rafiki pretty much from the entire movie, you've screwed up the Lion King. Yeah. And then the, you know, Scar versus uh, Mufasa scene is just like, like, anyways, shot for shot. No, uh, I think they can have some creative scope to it. But at the same time, um, if you're going to do your own creative scope, don't change the story such that people don't recognize it anymore. You know, Keep your creative differences such that the, the scene is still understandable, the scope of it is still understandable, and the story is still start to finish um, the same story intact. But like I said, not shot for shot. Like You can throw in some new jokes, throw in some... Even some new side characters, for all I care, but don't ruin the, the story that's there because the story that's there is epic. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, then, then I'm ready for for Will's case. Yeah. All right. So, I don't think it should be remade. Um, basically, in the exact opposite reason for why Chris thinks it should be remade is the fact the last one was so terrible, and I think it really <laughs> demonstrates uh, the reason why this movie or this TV show uh, is not going to translate very well to live action. Um, I think the the art style and I think that the characters and the way that they like demonstrate the powers is so so unique to that show that when they try to put it on like you know in CGI on the big screen it looks super freaking weird. <laughs> so when they're like you know bending the water and doing the fire and stuff in that in the last movie, it looked it looked really weak and, and it did not look very good. 
And you can make the argument that, you know, CGI has come a long way and all that, but it's never going to capture the same spirit uh, that people associate with the show. So if you're coming into this wanting the characters to look and feel the same, you're going to be disappointed. Um, and then the same thing with just the way, you know, the characters sound. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to cast the voice actors <laughs> to, to play the characters. Um, and there's not, like, as far as like a cartoon, you can have such a diverse cast to, to play the characters. You don't necessarily have to have people who look like the characters to play the characters. Whereas in a live action show, you know, especially now, you're gonna you have to have people who look the part. So you have to cast everyone, uh, you know, the people from that look sort of like Inuit tribe. Um, for the waterbenders, you have to have people who are like, the, from the proper region. That's demonstrated in a lot of the show. Um, so the voice acting is going to be very different. Um, whereas, you know, in the cartoon, if you look through the cast list, you can see that it's pretty diverse. There's a lot of people playing a lot, like a lot of different looking people playing those characters. And that brings like, you know, a very interesting, very interesting voices to that cast where, where that was not reflected in the, in the uh, TV or the uh, movie adaptation. Um, and then again, we don't need a movie. <laughs> we have the TV show. I would much rather them just have an extension onto that show or continue with the Legend of Korra, right? Yep. Uh, the Legend of Korra show or have a, a completely new show that follows another avatar. Uh, that would be really cool. And I'd much rather have that because, again, it has this cool blend of anime and like Western animation uh, that's very unique to the show that just doesn't, you're not going to capture that with actual people. Maybe you could have like a hybrid thing where you have like CGI hybrid, like these sort of done with uh, uh, what were those movies like um, Beowulf? You know, how like it was CGI, but it was actually like live action. Yeah, um, gotcha. that could be an interesting way of doing it. But I still think that again, it should just be left of the show. It should not. They're never going to recapture the spirit. Uh, the the TV show already holds up. Um, you don't need to worry about casting the right characters because you know that if they cast like one, I don't want to get political, but if they cast one person wrong, it's going to completely destroy the show. Um, so I think that this is just stick with making cartoons. And that's my opinion. Do you have a question for me? Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of points you had there. Um, yeah. Well, my question. I know it was like that... a rapid fire. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. No, it, it was good. Um, I guess my question would be. Because you mentioned, um, oh, well, why don't they make another show? Um, mm -hmm. it, it, specifically with Kanitsko and, and Brian, uh, the two creators of the show, they're, they are on board for this. I think they are directing okay. some of the episodes, too. Um, they have not had the same success met with Korra, and I know one of them went on to do Voltron, one of them went on to do Dragon Prince, uh, mm -hmm. because those shows have not caught an audience as well. Um would you what is what is your argument for oh well this show will make avatar even more popular maybe hopefully fingers crossed uh because game of thrones has sort of opened the floodgates for a uh, high concept or a higher concept fantasy story um that that is something like people would want and then more people would initially watch the show and if it were made i know it's a big if but if it were made right you know then you get people even arguing like oh well now i got to watch both to see which one's yeah. better. I mean, yeah, that's a fair argument. If it ends up being really good, obviously I'll be pumped about it. I just, it's going to be, it's going to be very different. And I think that you know, Chris mentioned how The Witcher was a really good adaptation, but they skipped. They didn't do an adaptation of the games. They did an adaptation of the books, and I think that's where they succeeded. 
um, because they didn't try to copy the style of the games. It, like uh, Geralt sounds pretty similar, but everyone else looks and sounds very different. Um, and you know, although they keep the spirit of the books, it's not the same as the as the games. So honestly, if it's not a shot for shot remake, and they just go in their own really their own direction with this, I think it would be far more successful than trying to copy the the show. Because like my whole argument is based off if they copy the show, um, that it's not gonna it's not gonna translate. It's not gonna look as good. But if they do their own thing, where it's like in the same sort of spirit, and it's like the same characters, but they maybe do on different adventures, and the you know the powers are you know just you have to accept that they look different. Um, it, it could be a, it could be better. Um, and then you know if it's successful, people will, will probably go back to the cartoon and realize just how great of a cartoon it actually is, and that it has more of appeal than uh, to adults as well as uh, kids. Okay, so this is this is very close. Um, do we I say anything closing, before we you? Our, no, we have our closing arguments, and then yeah. you jump in. That's what I was going to mention. It, it's very close for me for both of y'all. Um, I I will say just throwing in like my personal like bias a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't tend to lean towards like making a live action uh, remake of animation. I think both people have defended uh, their points well, though. Um, so again, I, I think. Just to just to spice it up a little bit, it, it definitely will come down to the closing arguments. Um, okay, I think Will's first for closing arguments, yeah. right? The point is, like, he goes after me, then I go after him. That way, he gets to have the last laugh on the arguments, but I get the last laugh on the closing argument. So, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so my closing argument is, I just don't think that a live action show will be able to capture the the, the, the essence of the characters as well as just a continuation or just watching the original cartoon. Uh, like I said before, the art style is so unique that it, it really blends in with the storytelling, and they st- do a lot of the storytelling through that artwork, and that will not translate in a, into a live action uh, film. So, um, I mean, this B-roll f- footage in the background here, like basically all of it, a huge chunk of the emotion comes from the animation, and that was, you know, one of the biggest problems with the original movie. So, um, I just, I just don't think. They're going to be able. To, they're not going to be able to capture that in live action. It's the same reason why The Lion King was so terrible. Is because yeah, it looked amazing, but it didn't capture any of the emotion from those original characters in the original movie. Even like, even though James Earl Jones is still Mufasa, Mufasa looks terrible and sadly doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even if they had like managed to have the same voice actor play the character, it's not going to look. It's not going to feel the same way. So that's my closing argument. I gotcha. have. I have the nail in the coffin for you, Will. The nail in the coffin. Oh, crap. First, okay. first off, thankfully, Disney is not remaking Avatar. Disney <laughs> has no impact on the way this gets made. Secondly, I have one really great example of animation done that I think would prove that Avatar is possible. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson is one of the best remakes of a cartoon ever made in my opinion even if it isn't exactly what everybody wanted or exactly what everybody was expecting it did its Mm -hmm. own little take in the beginning and the end kind of showed a little more than what the Beauty and the Beast cartoon showed where it gave kind of a backstory to the prince and like how his redemption story comes across and it still was faithful to the original story of Beauty and the Beast such that it didn't change the story but it added some layers to it and I think if Avatar went the route like that with a live action and had good CGI in it to help make the story work better, which 
good CGI does exist nowadays. I mean, look at how great Star Wars looked, regardless of how bad the movie was or wasn't, in your own opinion. The CGI has gotten to a point where it's very difficult to tell what's real and what isn't. And I think when the Avatar Last Airbender movie came out originally, CGI wasn't there yet. Or at least the CGI they used wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. CGI we have nowadays can more accurately portray the vast bending abilities that they couldn't portray then. I think if you gave it another shot today, you'd see much better CGI. You'd see a better cast that Netflix could get the money to bring in and do it. And I would love to see what it looks like. Even if even if they didn't get the cast I wanted, I would still love to see what they did with it. And I think it deserves that second chance, that redemption arc that Zuko got in the original series. Let's give it to the actual live action adaptation of this let's give it the zuko redemption that it deserves so that's my closing argument <laughs> oh man this is close this is dangerously close <laughs> um gosh i think i really don't want to um just because i i fundamentally disagree with the the, argu- <laughs> the point um but I think Chris did defend uh, his point, I say, ever so slightly. And I think part of that is because the live action, and I would have done the same thing in, in fairness, um, but the live action movie is so easy to point to and be like, hey, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> that it's easy to sort of focus on that on this, whereas Chris, Chris brought up a couple of good exceptions to that rule. Like, even if you don't like Beauty and the Beast, that still has a beast that like looks good. Things like Star mm-hmm. Wars which I don't know if this will have the budget to do Star Wars effects, um, but I like that you brought up The Witcher as well, um, even Game of Thrones, like, more recently. You know, if Netflix thinks this this can be a huge show, um, then great. The only thing I would say that I actually haven't seen The Witcher. Will, have you seen The Witcher? I have, yeah. Okay, is there CGI that good in, in The Witcher? No. Okay, because the only thing is, like, as much as I do enjoy Stranger Things, um, the CGI in that show is, is not the best. Um, <laughs> I would say the CGI in that show is better than The Witcher. Oh, interesting. Okay, so uh, maybe it... Uh, well, I guess because Chris uh, only brought that up briefly, but I think I could have heard, like, more of that, um, like, defended, because, yeah, like, Disney does have, like, bad remakes, um, but I feel like that's... Like, even The Lion King... <sighs> from like a stylistic point of what they're trying to do with photorealism. It's like a it's like okay, that's cool, but then you're right, they take out all the emotion out of it whereas mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's going to happen in Avatar because they do have human beings that can still emote and they're not, hopefully hopefully they don't have, you know, Aang just not smiling and saying, "Katara, you saved me from <laughs> the iceberg." Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think I think unfortunately like it's easy to get caught up in uh, the movie being so bad and so haunting. Um, that's where, like, the slight edge goes to Chris for me. Okay. So, well, you're so, dead to me, but that's fine. Do I win? <laughs> Am I the winner? <laughs> in fairness, in fairness, if I wasn't, if I was doing this non, like, fair, um, I would for sure side with Will 100%. I don't think the show needs to exist. <laughs> the only um, thing, the only thing I would give this is, are you, are you guys familiar with the books? Mm-mm. No. If if they wanted to do a live action version of all the books, because uh, people have sort of been complaining 
they're like, why didn't we get season four of Avatar? Why did we get Korra? And like, <laughs> I, I sort of get that, but also like Avatar sort of ended. Um, like it can just end and it's fine. Um, but I think if they did like a live action version of them, like through their teen years, that sort of would work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that is like almost ancillary, like tacked on. Uh, whereas like for like me and Will were mentioning, um, because the show exists and if they even do something remotely similar, you're going to compare that to, you know, gold that's already come out. So yep. I'm Chris. I will. And I'm Hey with all that film. And we uh, will see you on the next Krill cast. Oh, yeah. yeah! <laughs>
I was so tired of seeing her boobs. <laughs> I don't remember it being that bad, and neither does my wife. So I don't. Know. I, don't I don't know. I don't know what show you guys are watching, but clearly not the same one. <laughs> Will was on a different website than Netflix. <laughs> I know. Clearly, it was like a porn parody or something. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember that being that bad. Will I'm going to be honest? I really don't remember it. We watched the whole I, thing. Well, we liked it. You have different standards than I do. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't anything. It was definitely not maybe, worse than Game of Thrones. Maybe Chris has uh, those restrictions on his TV. Yeah, maybe. Well, he would have only have had three episodes if that was a restriction. I but don't. The, um, I'm, I seriously don't know what you're talking. You about. You need to go back and rewatch it. All right, I will. Clearly missed I will it. There watch so, it. There's so bad. I'm gonna and watch it right now. Worse than Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones. Let me get the out the lotion two episodes and the are bad. Phoenixes. And then it's like kind of smooths out, and then the first two um, episodes of the next episode. Or yep. the next season is bad. I'm with you on Game of Thrones. The first two episodes that I watched, I was like, nope, not watching this. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, raunchy stuff that's in mm-hmm. here. <laughs> well, they coined the term sex sex position. Oh, where they nice. talk. They talk over the sex scenes. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is really important for the plot, but I have to watch the sex scene now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Avatar will not have any of that. Avatar remake will be great. I'm we really looking forward know, to seeing the the bending and how yeah, they handle that. Yeah, to be fair, that. I'm actually really excited about this, but I'm still I still don't think it should exist. <laughs> I I do think the fact that the creators are involved like that that shows some, but also like I don't want to say anything about them, but that their shows have not been as like I mentioned, their shows have not been as popular. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm skeptically worried a little bit that it's like, hey, Netflix is giving us a lot of money to to promote this um, and say we're on board with it. Um, to be fair, it could not possibly end as poorly as Game of Thrones did. Yeah, it could. It I could. mean, but but they, the ending is so rush. definitively there already in the show. Like unless they went like their own creative direction. Yeah, that's true. That's true. At least you know everything's written. Everything's everything's already written down. Like unlike Game of Thrones, the story's finished. That's so upsetting with Game of Thrones because (laughs) I I feel like people. Someone brought this up to me that people aren't with quarantine. They're not you know binging Game of Thrones or watching it again, or or people aren't starting because there was so much. I won't watch it again. No, I'll never watch it again. The ending was so terrible. Yeah, I see. I, I think I'll just stop on season five and just pretend. Yeah, that's okay. Where that's it ended. I will be honest. There's been a couple shows where I'm like, you know, if it ended in this season, it would have made way more sense. Like, I still think Dexter should have ended at season four. The Office. <laughs> yeah. After Michael Scott left. Yep, Michael Scott mm-hmm. leaves. Show's done. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother after season eight. Ooh. Ooh. How I Met Your Mother has a Game of Thrones level ending, in my opinion. The alternate yeah, ending yeah. is better. The one that they put on the DVD that they didn't put anywhere else. The alternate, ending? the alternate ending is better. Um, way, 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 way better. Um, and the alter- was- There's an alternate ending. It's, it's about six minutes. They selectively cut the final episode, or the maybe the episode before the final episode, and essentially said, here's the ending for the fans that didn't like our actual ending. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, to me, I think I know which one you're talking about then. I thought that was a fan edit. No, it's uh, real. It's actually on the DVD. If to you buy me, it. that's kind of cowardice, though, because then you're like, oh, well, we wanted to make this decision. But if you're not happy with that, here's what we were going to do. 
It's like, <laughs> but you did the bad one. <laughs> yeah. No, that. So, how much your mother? All right, we'll just get into this really quickly because I find it so interesting. They had an ending pick from the start of the show, and they even oh, yeah. filmed. They, they even filmed the, the scenes, <laughs> yeah. like some of them, and the kids' scenes where they're talking with Bob Saget. They filmed those ahead of time because they were going to use them later. And I'm like, why would you do that? No. Yep, exactly. You can't change anything then. So they, they like, I guess they just decided, we'll just go with the ending we thought we were going to do. Even though everybody loved Robin and and Barney. But the alternate ending essentially ends with um, the wife doesn't die, first off. So there's, there's a happy ending for Ted with his actual wife. Yeah, and they may they leave room for Barney and Robin to get back together. Yeah, it's way much better. better. <laughs> it's way better. It, it makes way more sense. I don't understand why they went with the ending they went with. Like yeah, all of the I, fans were invested in Barney and Robin. I, I was going to mention just real quick, um, just because again, been on YouTube for a little bit. The first thing that sort of blew up for me, I just I was so upset with how I met your brother, and I yelled at like. <laughs> my parents because they watched it like an hour before me and like i asked i was like oh well how was the finale and they were like can't tell you and like i I figured out why because they also hated it Uh, (laughs) but i just i think it was my phone or my laptop i just turned it on and just recorded me ranting for like eight minutes and my voice is like going out um (laughs) and it's this random like 15 year old yelling about how bad how i met your mother uh finale was um but, yeah. Does that have a lot of views? Is this on YouTube? I think it. I think it got like something like six hundred or something like. Which at the time, like I was like, ah, oh, this is the height of my powers. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's certain stuff that that uh has way more views. Like the I I did a top ten DreamWorks video because uh, I mentioned the Pixar one. A couple people had already done Pixar stuff. Um, so because I did DreamWorks, I used to post it. I I basically invested in the uh, social media version or equivalent of the Sega Saturn in that um, I was fully for uh, Google Plus, I believe it was, um, just because that was like <laughs> my Reddit and I used that to like promote my videos and it always ended mm-hmm. up doing well. And then one day Google, this is basically when I stopped making videos on YouTube because I was like, what's the point? Um <laughs> is they were like, hey, we're going to stop doing Google+. And I was like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And, yeah, a bunch of Facebook groups and, and Reddit communities are now so, like, you can't, you have to post 10 times uh, and then comment 13 in order to post one video. And I'm like, okay, that's, I understand, like, what you're doing, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe take it. <laughs> Let Reddit decide. Click. Yeah. <laughs> you That's suck. The <laughs> That's what caused the initial um, popularity in that video was from Reddit, uh, the Miyazaki video I have, um, and then the Ghibli fans when it when it got released. This is why, dude, I messed up. I should have released the Avatar video before it was on netflix because uh, i think i did it like a week after or something like that oh because okay. so many people that talked about avatar this is something that like i'm i'm paying attention to now because i understand it um but yeah i got a huge spike because the ghibli films everywhere else in the world were put on netflix so so many people were watching those mm-hmm. uh, and i saw so many people that only reviewed avatar for a little bit 
and they got such a big bump when so many people were watching it on Netflix at the same time. And it's just like, one of those. Things. I missed it by a week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because I was I was going through finals, so I was like, "There's no way I can like." Mm-hmm. I want to get a good grade in this class, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know if I wonder if people are are sort of thinking about that with games because I know. Based on the Paper Mario thing, people are are skeptical that there's going to be a new... I mean, y'all mentioned it in your video, but like a new Donkey Kong thing and a new um, mm-hmm. Samus. So if you've been sitting on a Samus There's video, definitely going to be Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So I wonder if people are like, oh, we got to make more Donkey Kong now. But I want to you know. know. You picked me for this video. You said... I made better arguments. The remake is going to happen, okay? It's going to happen. Netflix is going to do it. And then this video is going to bring them here, and then my comment's going to bring them to your Avatar video. So there you nice. go. Yeah. Full circle. Bam. And now we have Breaking Bad for some reason. Why is Breaking mm-hmm. Bad on the screen? I think they're mentioning their favorite shows. Oh, that makes assume. sense now. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Sincerely, thank you. Um, of course, yeah. You guys were great. And uh, definitely welcome to come back and if you really want Will to tell you why he didn't like Star Wars, I'm sure he'll ramble on for two hours about it. <laughs> yes, I'll make actually write down some points so it's not super rambly. <laughs> well, honestly, like I, at this point, like I feel like there's people that are like trolly with the Last Jedi, and, and y'all don't seem like you're just gonna be like, Duh! I know there's someone like the the Star Wars The Last Jedi, the cut where they're like, we took all the women out of Star Wars The Last Jedi. I doubt, oh, like, you guys are going to be, you know, arguing that point. No. Uh, no. But yeah, it was super fun to talk about that with y'all. Um, yeah, we definitely aren't going to do that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll have to do something. Um, and, mm-hmm. guys, if you haven't subscribed, if, you're, if you've sat through this 35-minute video somehow... <laughs> and you haven't subscribed to all that film yet, youtube.com slash A-L-L-T-H-A-T-F-I-L-M. Go subscribe. All that film. I forgot we were recording. <laughs> just having a debate. <laughs> 15 minutes. Maybe I'll just slice this into two videos yeah, after the debate's you over. You should, because I've been completely zoned out for like 10 minutes. I had no idea we were recording. <laughs> you can cut out the jargon if you want, because I don't know how many people want to hear I might how I met your mother in- talk. I might slice this into two videos. I might just release a video of us talking about all that stuff yeah. as a Saturday video, as, as like a surprise. Surprise! Good idea. Extra video. Yeah, um, gotcha. So, like I said, thank you for coming on the channel. If anybody wants yes, to go, go subscribe. Um, and we will see you. And I, I'm going to let next... Hey. Oh, yeah, he always screws up. Come on. And oh, we will see you. Your... And you're going to stay on the next Krillcast. Okay. So, We'll just re-sign off. Ready? I'm Chris. I will. And I'm Hey with all that film. And we uh, will see you on the next Krillcast. Oh, yeah! yeah!